Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time now for the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. St. Louis. It's Carriker and Smallman here on 101 ESPN. I'm Michelle Smallman, half of Carriker and Smallman, the other half, Carriker. Randy Carriker is out this week on vacation, but we have Super Bowl champion Carrie Davis hanging out with us in studio again this morning. Good morning, Carrie. How are Good you? Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. We were just talking before we came on the air. I'm going to be a little tired today. I'm in a little bit of a rough bit. shape. Your rough shape. Not because I went out and partied or anything, but because after the Cardinals game last night, I stayed up all night long watching the Manti Teo documentary. Netflix. We're, we're going to dig into that later, I'm sure. That was that was an interesting talk that we just had a few minutes ago. It was. And for those people out there who might not even realize that the documentary has dropped, it's I, so good. It's on Netflix. It's called Untold, The Girlfriend That Didn't Exist. And it's so fascinating in the year 2022 to look back on that situation and remember how big of a story it was and kind of peel back all of the layers uh, that that went into what happened. The crazy part is when I saw the, I thought I think it was on Bleacher Report, I saw the 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 headline that the Manti Teo story was out and I was like, oh, they're making fun of him again. Like, it doesn't exist. That's what came into my mind and I didn't, until you said it this uh-huh. morning, I just left it alone. When you came in, I said, oh, it was real? It's real. That was a real thing? Okay. Well, you, no, the girlfriend didn't the, exist. Right. I know. That, that, that's why, exactly. That's why I was so confused. Like, like, they're Kukula making fun of him again. Okay, so here we go. The Netflix doc, in fact, exists. Real doc, fake person. There you go. Yes, but I highly recommend that everybody watches it. We're going to talk about it a little bit later in the show. But before we get into all of that, and we need to let you know who's coming on the show today because we have a great program on deck for you. Chuck Wallace and Chris are going to be joining us in studio to talk about the Bomberito 500 at 815. Ryan Howard, native St. Louisan, had a a very great career in Major League Baseball and now, of course, is an analyst. He's joining us at 9 a.m. And then we have our weekly hit with Adam Wainwright. It's Wednesdays with Wayno. That's coming up at 9.30. And next segment, it's Ask Uncle Randy. So get your texts in right now to 65780 on the Air Comfort Service text line. Uncle Randy is not here, but Aunt Michelle and Cousin Carrie are going to try to help you out through some sports advice, some (laughs) life advice, whatever you got. So let's get your texts in right now so that we have that ready for next segment. But Cardinals and Rockies last night opening up a three-game set at Bush Stadium. It was scoreless in the bottom of the fourth before Tommy Edmonds stepped to the plate. Tommy with a drive into deep left center. Bernard back, looks up, and it's gone! Home run, Tommy Edmond, number eight. And a 1-0 St. Louis lead. A 417-foot home run for Tommy Edmond. He gets the Cardinals on the board, 1-0 in the bottom of the fourth. In the bottom of the fifth, Tyler O'Neill aboard. Paul Goldschmidt steps to the plate. 
In the air out to deep left. Look at how high he hit that. Holy smokes. And a home run. Only a two-run shot. That's as high as you will ever see a ball hit. Oh, my goodness. Danny Mac describing it perfectly, Carrie. That ball went so high. He's right. That might be the highest ball that you'll ever see hit out of Paul Goldschmidt. A moonshot is what they call it. (laughs) It was a moonshot. A couple weeks ago when uh, we had Adam Wainwright on the show, on, for Wednesdays with Wayno, he was talking about how one time he was he was sitting there in in the bullpen or the dugout, and he was talking to Andre Palante, mm. and Andre Palante was like, "It seems like Goldie hits a home run every game or every other game," yeah. and he absolutely does. It feels like at least once or twice a series, you can count on Paul Goldschmidt hitting a home run, especially in a moment where his team needs right. him. And he does it again last night. He does. He, he's been playing well. He, MVP candidate in the National League. Um, you know, where would you be without him? Obviously, you, you need a guy like that in your lineup. Uh, and he's done a great job. I, I think Tommy Edmond hitting the home run, he's he's doing. He's hitting it a little bit better. You know, I, this team right now seems to be, we talked about it yesterday, seems to be moving in the right direction, trending upward, as they say, going in the right direction and doing everything that, that seems to be the things you need to do in order to win games. Quintana was pitching well until uh, the sixth inning, where he kind of just yes. blew up. It was it was going it was going really well, and then you think about all of the starters, how they have put together consistent starts for the last four or five starts. Started with Wayno, then Michaelis, then um, uh, Quintana tonight, last night. You're just seeing these guys go out there and do their thing. Like I said, until he had his issue in the sixth inning, but. That's a that's a beautiful thing to see. It's a it's a great sight to see when your your pitchers can get get you innings. Obviously, you want to have a better turnout towards the towards the middle of the, mm-hmm. the, the the sixth inning. But I'm excited about where this team is. I'm excited about how much is in store for them. How much further they can go, and to to finish the game the way that they did was a. Uh, not I, I I may have seen it before, but I can't remember that I've seen a, a win happen that way. Well, let's get into that. As Carrie <laughs> mentioned, uh, the Cardinals, after that Paul Goldschmidt moonshot, they had a 3 nothing lead. And then in the sixth inning, the Rockies start to chip away. They end up actually taking a 4-3 to lead in the bottom of the seventh. Uh, Corey Dickerson was aboard. Goldie with a sacrifice fly to left. Things were tied at four. And in the bottom of the ninth, one of the... More unique ways to end a game. <laughs> Lars Newbar is aboard. Dylan Carlson's aboard. Andrew Kisner is aboard. Bases loaded. Tyler O'Neill steps to the plate. Two balls, two strikes with the bases loaded here in the bottom of the ninth. It hits O'Neill and the game is over. Hit by pitch. The Cardinals walk it off. They quite literally walked it off. <laughs> literally. <laughs> Hit by pitch, walk it off. Everybody walk home. Walk home, walk out of here. Uh, I don't know that I've seen that before. I, I mean, maybe I have seen a bases loaded hit by pitch. I've seen a bases loaded walk to end the game. You know, you walk in the final room, but I don't know that I've seen a batter hit by a pitch for them to win the game. And, and you know, by any means necessary, get the dub, get the win. Uh, you, you were in a great position early in the game and then kind of allowed them to get, allowed the Rockies to get back into the game and mm-hmm. It's how you finish, though, and they finished the right way. They were able to get put a lot of pressure That's right. on the pitcher and, and get those bases loaded. Now you put him in a stressful situation where he has to be perfect. He cannot make a mistake, and he did hit a pitch, hit a batter, and we walking in. Yeah, you're right. They took good at bats. They yeah. were working the counts. They yep. got the guys on board, and whether it's a, a home run walk off or a hit by pitch walk off, the Cardinals will take it. I think if you if you look at the play by play of the ninth and how how that went, 
a walk, a walk, a bunt single, and then a hit by pitch to walk off a game. <laughs> that has to be the first time that's ever, ever. happened. In the Just that that sequence of events. The is ball didn't so leave the infield. Un- no, that's <laughs> so insane. bizarre. That's insane. It is insane. But how fun has it been to watch the Cardinals during these past couple been, series? They've been, been so fun, right? It has been. It's been awesome. And there's been a lot of close games. The Cardinals and the Brewers have been playing one another very close this entire season. You saw that with the three games that they just had over the weekend. Obviously, last night, the Rockies scratched their way back, tie things up at four, and the Cardinals pull out the victory. So they've been having some close games lately where the Cardinals find a way to win. And, Carrie, that's what good teams do and championship teams do is that they find a way to win. Scratch, claw, by however you have to get the dub is what it takes. And, you know, I said, like I said last night, it wasn't. It, you, it didn't turn out the way you thought it would. You were up. You you give that lead up, and you're like, oh, Charlie Blackman hit hit. I think a line shot into into to right center, and you you're like, oh my god, here we go. And then you're able to just keep clawing and clawing and get back into the game, and then you win. However it however you can, and and good teams. Here's the thing, Michelle. Good teams tend to find a way to win those types of games. Mm-hmm. Bad teams find ways to lose those types of games. And, you know, a bad team will get the bases loaded with no outs and won't get a run in. But when you are a good team or trending in that direction, you find a way. Good things, it, 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 good things just happen to you. Like, I, I, I've been on some really good teams, and it's like, man, we're getting all the calls. Oh, we're getting all the – and, and, you're, and you're, you're scratching your head. And I've been on some really bad teams. I'm like, man, we just got that call last year. What the hell need to bring up you your doing? Illinois career here, you, there, there we go. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, was, I wasn't going to say it, but, you know, you know what it is. We, we had some, some troubling times over in uh, good old Champagne. I know you didn't, but I was like, did Carrie play for the Rams? Oh, yeah, it sounds about equal, right? Yeah, yeah, sounds about the same. You know, I was, I was watching that game last night, and I was thinking about the Cardinals' 17-game winning streak last year. Uh-huh. And – how they they won so many games during that stretch that they should not have won yeah. and they would find a way to win and you, when you think about the confidence that that gives those players that hey this is except this is basically the same group of guys mm-hmm. and we know how to win and couple that with the confidence that they have post trade deadline right. where they're playing better and their their pitching is fortified and you have Albert Pujols who's injecting uh, life into the team all the time I just think that from a mental standpoint the life experience that they got last year knowing hey we're a good baseball team and when we get things rolling especially down the stretch we're going to win these games it doesn't yeah. matter what sort of a deficit we're in or what sort of a situation it's a team that doesn't panic. There's a there's a belief when you when you're a, a, a winning team. It, it, I talk a lot about the psychology of sports because everything is not about how big, how strong, how fast you are. Those things help. But if mentally you're able to overcome things and, and as a team, you believe that we're going to win no matter how how we get to it or how it happens, we're going to take care of this. You're going to win more games than you're not. And, and like I said, it's the exact opposite. When you are a losing team, you think mm-hmm. we're going to find a way to lose. So, you know, the psychology of it is also always, you know, beneficial when you're when you're thinking the positive way and thinking and, and, and actually not just thinking it, but it's actually happening. It, 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 it helps to have it reaffirmed. So. Absolutely. Well, the Cardinals do beat the Rockies in the first of a three game set. The final score last night was five to four. Paul Goldschmidt, Mr. Moonshot, Mr. National League MVP, he <laughs> talked after the game about that mental toughness and about how the Cardinals are able to pull things out in close games. We go out there and play hard, so I mean, of course, you know, you want to get the lead, but you know, you never know what's going to happen. So I think our mindset's just been try to go and play well, and um, you know, if we were able to tie it up there and, and get the win, and just a good win, we'll try to do it again tomorrow. And they will try to do it again tomorrow, or well, tonight. 
he was referencing tonight. 645 mm. first pitch for the Cardinals in the second game of their three-game series with the Rockies. It's... Um, it's one of those things, Carrie, too, that we talked about yesterday, that this is a very winnable stretch for the Cardinals, and yeah. I'm glad that they went out last night and set the tone. Yeah, because if you if you have the lead and you lose it and you end up losing that game somehow, and it's not as if you can't turn the ship around, but it's just so much better to set the tone of we know that we're in a tight division race and we're looking at our schedule, and of course they they realize what the Brewers are up against and, and that they want to go out there and handle their business. And the Brewers won last night, so you, mm-hmm. you want to make sure you keep that two-lead, uh, two-game lead in the NL Central, you're going to have to win more games than, than than obviously than them going down the stretch. But you just have to keep playing. Just keep playing and keep plugging away and keep keep having fun. I think that's the, the, the most important part of this team right now. You know, I think prior to the All-Star break, we talked about it with Claiborne yesterday. They were There was a lot of stress seemed to be associated with that team and, and people... We don't think about the person. We just look at the player. The people were having some stress-induced situations because they didn't know if they were going to be here or not. The trade deadline happens. Most of them are here still. One of them is gone, obviously. Um, But you know where you're going to be, and you understand that that part of it, you can just go play baseball. You can go have fun. You can be out there with the guys running around, you know, just having a great time, being a kid again because not only are you here – you're in a you're in a in a in a in a race to to win the central. You have a chance to do some great things once you make it if you make it to the playoffs. And now you can have fun. And th- and that's the most important thing. We we get to play a a kids game for a king's ransom is what they say. So, you know, it's just fun to be out there, have a good time, and when you're winning, when you are Michelle, when you're winning, it is so much fun to come to work. When you're losing, it I will tell you this. This is a true story. When 16 weeks, it's 17 week season when, mm-hmm. when I played. Mm-hmm. If you're on a on a losing team, if you're struggling, that thing drags out. Oh my god! It gosh. feels like that three months feels like it's like an eight month, ten month. Like it, it is the longest time frame. But when you're winning, you get to November. You're like, damn, we don't. How many games we got left? We on five? <laughs> we, we we passed the halfway. Point. Oh my god! It's almost over. Like. It goes so much. It goes so much faster when you're winning. You have so much more fun. So right now, this team is having fun. The, the season will be at the end before they know it, and and they'll be getting revved up for the playoffs. Just keep having fun, keep winning, and keep supporting each other. And I'm I'm all here for it. I'm here for it all. I'm excited to see them continue to go in that direction. That's Super Bowl champion Carrie Davis. I'm Michelle Smallman. Get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line six five seven eight zero. Ask Uncle Randy's next. So keep it here on one hundred and one ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Got a question for Uncle Randy? Let him dive into his infinite well filled with wisdom to find you answers. Text 65780. It's Ask Uncle Randy on 101 ESPN. Character and Smallman on 101 ESPN. Get your text in to the Air Comfort Service text line 65780. It's time for Ask Uncle Randy. And Uncle Randy's not here today. He's on vacation. Hopefully he's relaxing. Hopefully he gets a little bit of golf in. It looks like it's going to be a beautiful day here in St. Louis. And even though Randy has the wisdom, which is why we do this segment, you know, he always hits that sounder. I've been around, you know. Randy's been around. He's got the wisdom. He does, really. He's very good at this. He does. But we have got 
a Super Bowl champion in-house today. This guy has championship experience. I'm talking about our friend Kerry Davis. I am also here. You're a champion as well. (laughs) Now, don't sell yourself short. You are are a champion (laughs) of life, Michelle. We are both champions. So, hey, that's who they got today. We're going to give them some sound advice. (laughs) Use it at your own caution. (laughs) Be careful, but we're going to do our best. If it's life versus Michelle, life is winning. Ah, I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) But, Kerry, and I are going to try to navigate these questions and give you some good advice. So, Carrie, here's the first one from the 636. Ask Uncle Randy. I was invited to the Cardinals game last night, and I was out later than I usually am. This morning, I am more than just tired. However, what is your go-to, your drink, etc., for mornings when you're so tired and you need to put a little pep in your step? Okay, so I, I am a coffee drinker, and but I am... So I'm one of those people. I can stay up all night, but as soon as the, the alarm hits... You know, five, ten minutes after I, I'm up and moving, I'm up. Like, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm not, I, the, the amount of sleep that I get doesn't really phase me one way or the other. So, sir or ma'am, whoever you are, I would say get you some, get you some coffee, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. stretch, take some deep breaths, understand what you did last night and understand what you have to do today. Last night is over. You got to move forward. We got a job to do. And that has to be your mindset. You got to get up. You got to get moving. You got, you know, you got work. You got bills. You got kids. You got all of those things. And that's the important part. So you understand you had fun last night, but now you got to go to work. And you just have to have that mindset that Mm -hmm. work comes. If I played, if I had fun and I was able to play, you work hard, you play hard, you got to get up and go back to work. So drink you a little bit of coffee, get you some stretching in, breathe, take some deep breaths, get some of that oxygen in your lungs. CO2. Get it in and then get ready for your work day. And you'll be good to go. Now you may now three, two, three o'clock, you may have that 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 crash as we maybe get a five hour energy at that point, depending okay. on how long your work day is. That way you can be revved up seven o'clock, get you some rest tonight. Sound advice. I love that you said take the deep breath because when deep you wake breath. up and that alarm goes off oh, yeah. and you're you're feeling a little banged up. Yeah. You were out at the Cardinals game <laughs> a little too late. You maybe feel panic. Had a, maybe you had a beverage or two. I'm assuming that our, get some water in. You get some coffee and 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 you know our guy or gal here has. Um, I'm assuming maybe feels a little rough this morning. Yeah. So I'm going to suggest a four-pronged approach, Carrie. Okay, let me hear it. Four-pronged approach. All may right. or may not have been in this situation right. once what or twice got? in my life. <laughs> first things first, when your feet hit the floor, water. Hydrate, okay. hydrate, hydrate, okay? There you go. So de- secondly, you need coffee. You do. Whatever your coffee of choice is, whether it's a cold brew or you want a cappuccino, whatever. But you need to hydrate first okay. because once you get the coffee, you're probably forgetting about water and you're going to need water to feel better. Indeed. I am a fan of multiple beverage options. Work in an OJ, and I'm not talking about the fresh squeeze stuff. Get something with a little sugar in it. Okay. Go to the gas station, get one of those little... Get your sugar rush. Get you oh. <laughs> your hydration, get you your caffeine, and get a little bit of sugar in there. Okay. And then the fourth prong of the four-pronged approach, you're going to need a bagel. And you don't need to eat the whole thing because then you could be in a food coma. Go okay. half-seas with it. Get you just something on your stomach. Carb so, it so up. water... Then coffee. Yes. Then something a, 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 rush, a sugar a sugar rush a burst of sugar to, to get those get that insulin shot up there and then throw back some sunny d. Then get you a bagel to calm everything down and Correct. get your work day going. And you're I gonna, like that. You're gonna have a championship day. You will. I, I, you know what? That is some sound advice. I, I can appreciate that.
From the 618, Dear Uncle Randy, my wife is a workaholic. I'm so proud of her, but we're not getting any younger, and I want her to take some vacation. But she won't step away from the computer. How do I talk her into taking a break? Well, I, 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 so I think maybe this would be, this would, it depends on, on you and, and your wife. You know your wife better than I do. But sometimes you have to nudge them just a little bit, and maybe you make a surprise, you, you plan a surprise trip. You take you you have the kids to go over to the grandparents' house for for a weekend or or a week whatever you, weekend probably since she's she's a workaholic as you say yes yes and tell her hey we're going to the airport or we're gonna let's get in the car you have everything packed I love you have that. everything planned and and not only is it a way for you to get her off of the computer and away from work for a few days but it's also a very sweet thing that she probably will appreciate and understand, oh, my husband loves me. He appreciates me. He understands how much I work, and he wants us to be to be young and have fun, but understands the work part of it, but understands we also have to have time for ourselves. Carrie, that's amazing advice. No notes. Yeah. Zero notes. All because right. you're right. If, if you plan everything, you're taking all the stressors off of her. There you go. Also, she will probably feel so grateful that you've done all of this work for her that she'll feel guilty working on the vacation. There you go. You, I mean, that's, I know that's not your intention, but I know how I would feel if my husband went to such great lengths to plan something. I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to put the computer away. And maybe when you tell her we're going on this trip, maybe schedule in an hour or two buffer for her to fire off the emails that she needs to fire so that she can then go away and really close that laptop and and enjoy. Now we're working. Now we're now we're talking. And all you have to do is as Carrie suggests Tell her that you miss her and you yeah. want to spend time. Say exactly what you just texted us. I'm so proud of you. And I love that you are so career driven and that you're so successful. It's one of the things that I find the most attractive about you. But I miss you. And I want to just spend un- uninterrupted time with my favorite person in the world. That's uh, now, that, that, now that is some sound advice you should take from her. From Michelle Gates. Now, th- take this with you and plan something for this weekend or next. And then let us know. Ne- let, let us know next week how yes. it went. Carrie, are we geniuses? I, I mean, think so. We might be. Okay, well, this one's going to be tougher. We're going to have to really put on our, our big our big brains for this one. From the 636, ask Uncle Randy or ask Aunt Michelle and Cousin Carrie. As both of you are Illinois alumni, do you, as I do, think that Brett Bielma is the answer to right the ship in Champaign? I-L-L. I-N-I. I-N-I. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Here uh, we go. You know what? I am going to... I, Michelle, I have, a, I have a confession. Oh, boy. Trust tree. Here we go. Being an Illini is one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. It is so like, difficult. I, I've done a lot of good things, a lot of things that came a lot easier to me. You won a Super Bowl. A lot of things that, 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 that gave me great pleasure. <laughs> Being an Illini is one of the hardest things I have done in my life. People don't And realize. I love that place. I, I mean, if you cut me open, I might bleed a little bit of orange before anything else comes out. Can't I, confirm. I, orange and blue. That's me. Me too. I am going to take the wait and see approach because I have been in on the Every coach that we've had over the last, I don't know, 20 years now, I've been I've been in on it. And I looked up something, Michelle, that, that brought me great uh, misery. <laughs> okay, great. Lay it on me. <laughs> Lay it on me, Illinois Gary. has not had a coach with an overall winning record, mm. meaning their entire tenure since, I believe, 1987. <sighs> oh, my God. 
So so if you were there for three years, your winning your nauseous. record was 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 below five hundred. Well, you're there for five years. I don't think we've had a coach there for five years, but their record was below five hundred. And, and even my coach, Coach Ron Turner, who we won say, a Big Ten championship with. Went to the uh, Rose with, Bowl. He wasn't there for the – we went to the Sugar Bowl. Oh, the Zook Sugar Bowl. Zook, Zook took him Zooker to the Rose Bowl. Rose Bowl. That's right. But even him, career record below 500. No. Yeah. Ron Turner even? Brought me great misery to read that with – to see it. I looked it up, Michelle. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm a I, – I, You're a sports masochist. I'm a, I'm a glutton for punishment. You are. You are. <laughs> me too. Because I still love Illinois with all my heart. So to answer your question, I personally will take the wait and see approach. I have all the hope in the world because I, I am clearly not right in the head, and I want and believe in my heart that Illini that the Illini will do well. But I'm going to wait and see because because let me tell you why. I, I know I'm running long here, but no, let me please. tell you why. Unload it all. I watched this team last year, just last year, Michelle, go to Penn State I know. and win a game. I know. And then you know what they did the following week? Lose to Rutgers. Lost to Rutgers. You How think can, I forgot? Come of course on, they man. And you know what I said? What are we doing? They go to Penn State. It was a back and forth oh. nine overtime game. They beat a ranked oh. opponent on the road and then they lose to, to Rutgers, Rutgers, which is the most Illinois thing the, of all time. There's nothing there is nothing more Illinois than that. No, Illinois it, football is that. And you know what? All of us who went to Illinois knew that they were going to lose to you Rutgers. Knew. You you smelled it the no second way. that that Penn State game was over. You look, you go, who do they have next? Oh, oh they're totally going to lose to Rutgers, and then they did. There's no way you go to Penn State and then beat Rutgers the following week, right? Can't do it. You can't no. have both. Why would you have both? Carrie, here's the thing. People don't realize how rough of a road it is to be an Illinois fan because we don't care that much. We 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 care deeply. Let me explain myself. We care deeply. You hear us. It affects us on a visceral level. But we ex- we don't expect good things to happen to and us. That's the sad so part. we just party. This yeah. is why we're such a good party school because we're like they're not gonna win. It doesn't matter if they're a number one seed in basketball uh. and they win the Big Ten tournament and they have an unbelievable team that should win a national championship. They're somehow gonna lose to Sister Jean and Loyola. Like this is just what happens to Illinois teams. So you know I talk to a lot of Mizzou fans that get really worked up over Mizzou and I'm like you need to just take the Illinois approach and just realize that it's your fate it is who you are. and that's that, that is an awful thing to feel like that is the the fate of your 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 existence as a as a sports program let me say one basketball other basketball and football because other sports we really do well baseball great golf <laughs> national championships like we win yeah. championships don't try to talk to uh, us about some golf okay, honestly, if you're in Illinois. let's yeah. go every word you guys are saying you could, you could just you could just put Mizzou and like another example, and it's like I, no. I, I've had this conversation before. Here's the difference, right? And this is no shade to Mizzou. The, one of the biggest sports puzzles in my life is why Illinois is not a powerhouse because you have Chicago right there. If you could lock down the borders and keep the talent in the state of Illinois, they would be Kentucky in basketball. They they would be Duke in basketball. They would certainly it'd be better than Iowa and Minnesota and all of these other Big Ten football programs that have passed them by. If you could just recruit in state. You are you are You would win. Less than 3 hours away from three major cities in Chicago, <laughs> so St. Louis and Indianapolis. And yeah.
It so, is so, and, and and Mizzou doesn't have that, right? Like you, you certainly have Kansas City. Oh. You, you have great talent in the state of Missouri, but Chicago alone, you could just get a fraction of the talent in Chicago to stay there. I do, Illinois I do want to, I do want to say this. There's a text from the six three six that says Illinois is not a party school. You, sir, or ma'am, clearly did not go to Illinois. <laughs> uh, excuse me. Listen, oh, you can talk smack on our games, athletics. But we partied. <laughs> You can talk smack on our athletics. Do not oh, talk never smack been to on our ability on a, on a to party. Saturday night. When I went to college there, Carrie, I believe it was Playboy named Illinois the number one party school in the country. Now I what? will look it up. Let's Research is do. on it. There you go. Uh, so get your facts straight <laughs> before you come for us. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad we got that out. I, I, I needed that was that was that was cleansing. Did we just give ourselves advice? Oh, I think so. <laughs> I think we may have. We may have helped ourselves more than the caller, than the texter. I, uh, yeah, okay. I feel <sighs> better. I do, too. That's Carrie Davis, Super Bowl champion Carrie Davis and former Illini. Well, you're always an Illini at heart. Always. You're never a former Illini. We're always an Illini. Mm-hmm. We could get to so many more, but we need to move on and talk a little golf. Illinois, a golf powerhouse. So let's talk about Liv and what the PGA's wants to live is going to be and how Tiger Woods is involved. We're going to tell you about that next here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Champion Carrie Davis. I'm Michelle Smallman. It's Carrie and Smallman here on 101 ESPN. And before we get into anything else, Carrie, I just looked it up. The Princeton Review named Illinois the top party school in the country in 2013, okay? Those sound like some pretty smart people. The Princeton Review? Those people don't mess around. All right? They know their stuff. Sounds so good to don't me. come for us saying Illinois is not a party school. <laughs> say whatever you want about our athletics. Do not say we're not a party school. Please don't. Uh, well, Carrie, let's talk a little golf. So... The Live Tour has been in the headlines for months now. It seems like anything that goes on in golf is somehow connected to Live. All roads lead back to Live. And the PGA Tour has been having discussions on how they're going to combat Live and the fact that they keep poaching golfers left and right and what they're going to do. So the BMW Championship is going on right now in Wilmington, Delaware. And yesterday, the PGA Tour brought in the biggest of guns in Tiger Woods. And they met yesterday, a select number of players with Tiger Woods, to discuss how the PGA Tour is going to be strengthened and how they're going to combat what's happening with Liv. Mm. Yeah, I, I, it's, I wonder if Tiger did that on his own or if he was asked to do it you know, by the PGA Tour. I, I think that the PGA Tour, is ha- they have a dilemma. They have a, a serious issue on your hand. When you have a company that is pretty much unlimited in their funds mm-hmm. and what they can offer— it, it kind of comes down to, you know, are you willing – is is the paycheck big enough for you to make a decision that, that may have, you know, fact, altering factors in your life? We don't know what's going to happen with the Live Tour. We don't know – you know, essentially we don't know who's backing or, or where the money is coming. You, 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 it's so many unknown factors with this Live Tour. So it's, it's almost do I want to take this money and potentially be in a situation where I'm stuck because – when you're dealing with people that you are not familiar with, you don't know really don't really know the terms of of that. You you know what you wrote on a contract, you know mm-hmm. what you signed for, but sometimes people don't abide by contracts. And and we've heard you know numerous stories about different places around the world where things take place. So I think that 
in order for the PGA Tour to have to be able to keep some of these guys. Now, Tiger talked to him is wonderful. Yeah, cool. But Tiger is a is a billionaire, last I checked. Yes. And and this company is offering hundreds of millions of dollars to guys who, you know, A, don't have that much money, and B, may not ever be able to make that much money because you have to win in order to get paid. And so I was listening to something yesterday when, when I was going home, and they were talking about how the PGA Tour, they, they pay for their own hotels, they pay for their own flights. They have to pay their caddy. And that's even if you don't make the cut. That's outrageous. And that's the part where these golfers are saying, hey, let me go get something guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Whether or not I play well, I could have an off day and I still got guaranteed money. It's a hard it's a hard thing to combat when you are not offering that as the PGA Tour. And there's going to have to be something where they maybe come to, to, to some type of terms where they are offering X amount of dollars, regardless of if you make the cut. X amount of dollars, you know, maybe the pay wage goes up depending mm-hmm. on how how you place in each tournament. They're going to have to figure some things out because I, I don't know if if people's morals is going to keep them from making X number of dollars when that that X is you know substantially greater than what they've seen in their entire careers. So this meeting that took place, it was three and a half hours. It was off-site at an off-course hotel. It had Tiger. It had a lot of the big names of the PGA. Tiger was there. Justin Thomas was there. Rory McIlroy was there. Jordan Spieth was there. But tour commissioner Jay Monahan and other administrators, they weren't there. Now, they, they weren't invited to the meeting, but these players are crowdsourcing ideas and having these conversations. And... Jay Monahan is going to get these suggestions and they're going to have um, a, a Q&A session that's going to take place today. But I just thought that was really indicative, Carrie, of, of basically what you're saying and, and that the players realize that there are fundamental flaws with the PGA Tour and the way that things operate. It almost reminds me of the NCAA. It, how, it really does. How I thought about that. You're looking at this entity that has run things a certain way for a long time and everybody involved in it realize that, is that it's flawed. And that right. I don't want to use the word corrupt, but if I'm a player and I'm, I'm looking at all the money that they're generating and I'm looking at how much... I still have to pick up right. from the from the tab. I'm right. getting upset by this, just like players in college athletics were getting upset when they couldn't profit off their name, image, and likeness. And universities are raking in tens of hundreds of billions of dollars off of them and their performances. But I I just wonder if the PGA is going to be amenable to some of these suggestions that the players might present because, they, first of all, they should be. If the yeah. biggest names in golf are coming to you and saying, this is why guys are defecting and yeah. they're taking all of this money – and this is how you might be able to put up those guardrails and stop future stars mm-hmm. who you're going to need to grow your game from taking the payday. I hope that they're not only listening, I hope that they really hear them. Well, they're, they're going to have to because money talks. Yep. And if you are offering, like I said, if you're offering something guaranteed versus something that is not guaranteed, more people are, are going to lean towards the guaranteed money. And especially when that number is is vastly greater than than what a person may have had in their career earnings. If you're offering me, if I've made seventy million and you're offering me one hundred and twenty million right now mm-hmm. for the next four years, what's to say? Why why would someone choose not to take that money? And 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 I understand there are so many other outside factors and so many things that that you know it's the it's the Saudis, it's this, it's that. You still have people who are saying this is life altering money for me, my family, for generations of my family. 
what is going to keep me here other than your opinion about some people that we really may or may not know. And and I, I do believe that the PGA is going to have to take a hard look at what they're doing, how they've conducted business for this long. And similar to the NCAA, the only difference I think is when when I was in college and, and years after that the O'Bannons, when they were saying we need to get paid for this, that, and the third, there was not a company to come in and say, hey, we'll offer you this money to come play here. Mm-hmm. Because had a company come in and talk to – a uh, 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 hundred Illini players and said, hey, you all are making Illinois this much money. You are getting this in return, a scholarship. We'll give you the scholarship and we'll give you $150,000 on top of it. Who, Your bags would impact so no, fast. Oh, <laughs> let's go. What's the school? Who are we playing? You don't even need to know. <laughs> oh, sign me up. And, and that's essentially what they are telling these professional golfers. You're making this company this much money. And you're not getting the same return on, on, on the investment because your time, your your work, your craft, they're got they got TV deals, they're 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 getting paid billions of dollars because of you, and you're not seeing if you don't make the cut or if you don't play well, you're not seeing that money. Here, we'll give you money and we'll figure everything else out on the back end. So it's gonna be the PGA is gonna have to really take a hard look at what they are, who they are how they've conducted business, and they are going to more than likely have to change. They can't just say, well, we're the PGA tournament, mm-hmm. and we're, we've been doing it this way for this long because these newer, younger generation of, of men and women have a different philosophy on life. And, and they, they don't have don't, that same loyalty. They do not have the same loyalty. It does not stick to them the way that it may stick to older, you know, the older generation. So, you know, they're looking at it and say, hey, yeah, you are making, they're seeing the numbers. Yeah, yeah, you got TV contract, you got paid X amount of dollars. What? I didn't make the cut, but I had to pay this much. And I had to pay this much. I had to pay my caddy. And I had, why didn't I get paid? Even though you're getting paid whether I perform well or not. That's a nice watch. It is. <laughs> That's see? what they're yeah, saying. Yeah, you, you got, got a nice, nice watch, watch there. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I I think about it, too, in in terms of ego. Right. And even though the PGA Tour is something that all of these athletes work their entire lives for that to get that tour card is the ultimate goal. Well, winning is. But that that's a really special thing to be able to say, I did it. I made it. However, once you're in it. And you're looking at this entity that doesn't necessarily have your best interest at heart and that might be taking advantage of you financially. And then you have Live Golf coming in saying, we know how great you are. We think you're so awesome and you're going to help grow the game of golf. We believe in you so much so that we want to give you $100 million guaranteed. And... Yes, there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes there that could make someone not want to go into business with them. But at the core, you know this better than anybody, Carrie. These athletes have an ego. Yes. And they want to feel appreciated and wanted. And the yes. PGA Tour has not necessarily given them that. The only the only concern that I would have is is who you're doing business with and understanding that, like I said, you you you're in a different you're in a in a different place. You're not here. You're not dealing with people that you've done business with, been familiar with. Anytime, the the only thing that will cause me to 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 take some time to really think about it because I don't know where where I would be on this if I was a professional golfer in college. Definitely sign me up. But as a professional, having made money, I may look at that and say, eh, you know what? There are there are some things that I am unsure of, and if I'm unsure, somebody throwing money at me mm-hmm. will will scare me a little bit because what is what what comes with that nothing is free right so there there i don't know if it's one of those things where it may be two three years down the line where you hear some things hear some things you're like oh 
you know, whoa, this is this is interesting. Like I, I was listening to someone this morning. They were talking about when when everyone went to death row and, and death row records, <laughs> the, the the radio, you That's know, right. the, the the music company, and it sounded good. They were throwing Suge Knight was throwing a lot of money at people. Yes, he was. But it was some things going on in those death row offices that were not great. And so you you just got to be careful when you when you take money from certain people. It's not always not always a good thing. Yeah, they're not going to settle it in the courtroom. Suge Knight's not no. going to be litigious. Suge Knight was hanging people over the over the over the. <laughs> balcony over with their feet and so be careful. i'm not saying that that's the saudi government but you don't never know you just gotta be careful gotta be careful we'll just close with this as phil mickelson said those are some scary mother bleepers there you go that's and right if they are be careful what you do that's super bowl champion carrie davis i'm michelle smallman coming up next to get your texts in to the air comfort service text line 65780 take it or leave it is next so it's time for teoli we're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Take it or leave it. Give us your feedback now by texting 65780. It's Take It or Leave It with Character and Smallman on 101 ESPN. Powered by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. Smallman on 101 ESPN, Super Bowl champion Kerry Davis and Michelle Smallman hanging out with you. Get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line 65780 because it's time for Take It or Leave It. So earlier in the show during Ask Uncle Randy, Kerry Davis and I, my fellow Illini, we were kind of bemoaning the state of Illinois athletics and really just the the way it's been our entire lives (laughs) with Illinois athletics. So Kerry, take it or leave it before we die. Illinois will win a national championship in either basketball or football before we die. So that gives us a lot of runway. I'll take it. We're, we're young. And we're, we're we spry. are young. We yeah. are. We still got got some time. And now we may we may be alive, but we may not <laughs> be able to recognize what's taking place. <laughs> it may be it may, that long, is what you're telling me. It may be towards the end, and we may be, you know, they may be just putting the Illinois sticker or one of those pennants <laughs> in our hands and taking pictures of us, and we're looking like we're excited. We have no clue what the hell is going Grandpa, on. Grandpa, they did it. <laughs> there you go. I, I'll take it, though. I'm going to take it. I'll take it. Uh, take it or leave it. More golfers do defect, and, and, and the PGA has to, I, I don't know. I don't know if they I don't think folding is an issue, but get to a point where they are they are shelling out some of those guaranteed contracts that live is. Um, I will take it. I think that you've already seen so many big names defect yeah. and that this is not the end because their goal is to make live golf as big as it possibly can be. And they've got an unlimited stream of cash. They offered Tiger of Woods almost a billion dollars. So and, and he, now that'd be tough to turn down. But Six, seven hundred million. But he's the only person in this scenario that not only has the money already, but that he's been through a public shaming. Yeah. And I just don't think that affected him so badly. Why, if you're Tiger Woods, would you want to put yourself in a position to have the public be mad at you? Do again? you think he also maybe has a better understanding of the people that he would be dealing with than some of the the other golfers? Perhaps would that would that be a possibility as well? Like maybe you, maybe he's had some experience or some run-ins or heard enough about the people that he would be dealing with that the money is not not worth it at all. And maybe that's what that conversation was uh, over the week uh, last yesterday. But I think 
Tiger Woods, again, he is a rarity in this conversation. He's in the conversation for the greatest golfer of all time. Yes. And he's already got the money. Why why would he want to do anything to impact his legacy too? Like Phil Mickelson, Dustin Johnson, they're not worried about their legacies. They're yeah. worried about cashing those checks. They've they've won, they've had a lot of success. No one at the end of the day is going to be talking about those guys in the conversation for the greatest golfer of all time. Tiger Woods, a lot argue that he is the greatest golfer of all time yep. even though he obviously doesn't have a, as many majors as Jack, but I just think Tiger has the the funds and the legacy and the perspective that would leave him, lead him to walk away from all of this stuff. I I, I think it's going to be an interesting couple of years just to see how it all unfolds and, Me too. and what happens and where the PGA goes, you know, going forward. Let's get to some of your take it or leave it's on the Air Comfort Service text line six five seven eight zero. Matt Rocchio, what do you have for us? Take it or leave it. The Padres collapse in September and miss the playoffs again. Let me look at the standings really quickly because they, the Dodgers, of course, have a healthy lead. Um, you uh, know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take that. I well, I don't, I don't feel great about the Padres right now. Not only because you're not gonna get Fernando Tatis Jr. back, but I, I just don't. Kind of like the Brewers, I don't have confidence in the Brewers now that they've lost Josh Hader, and it just seems like the vibe has shifted there. And so, I'm gonna take that the Padres collapse. Yeah, I, I'm going to take it as well. I mean, you you saw some of the things that the the Padres were saying about Tatis and and being needing to grow up and be a little bit more mature. I talked earlier about how the the psychological things that happen inside a clubhouse, inside a locker room, can impact you. Mm-hmm. That is a is a huge loss for them. He, obviously, he wasn't there; he was right. rehabbing. But you were expecting him back into that lineup. You got like Soto. You got Josh. Too. You were expecting him. The lineup you had penciled in for for his return was going to be. A, a, a killer lineup, and you were going to have some trouble. And now he's not going to be there, and now you got to switch some things around. And and just mentally, it can impact a, a ball club. So I'm I'm going to take it. I don't think, think of, they'll make it. Think about the emotional swings yeah. if you are in that clubhouse. We acquire one Soto, and, and we'll have Tatis back, Tatis Junior back in a couple of weeks or in a, in a month by the end of the season. Oh no, eighty eighty games. Oh, oh my God, he what did that. He did he what? Did what? Ringworm, huh? Ring one. Now, that's a whole. Mm. Take it or leave it. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I didn't see the photos. I didn't see the, the photos Here's of the, the alleged ringworm. Here's my thing. If it was ringworm, that is something you appeal and say, hey, I had a ringworm. I took this medicine. He said, I had ringworm, but uh, I won't fight it. <laughs> okay, buddy. I always say, if I was accused of something that I didn't do, you can't tell me. I'm kicking and screaming into court, being like, you are wrong. This is crazy. I am not just putting my head down and saying, whatever whatever you say. Fighting to the end. No. Yeah. Yeah. So I think his. It's a little interesting. Yes, it is. (laughs) And and there's so many people throughout Major League Baseball that have differing opinions on this. I, I was watching Pedro Martinez last night defending Fernando Tatis Jr., putting it on the Padres, saying they made a huge investment in this guy. They should be knowing what he's taking and what he's putting on his body. And you I'm are, like, nah. at the end of the day, he's himself yeah. making that decision. You're a professional athlete. It is your responsibility to know what you're taking, what you're doing, and making sure that you are in the, the right condition, the right shape, the, the everything that needs to be done in order for you to play and produce on
on the field. And as an organization, you have to trust that the people you invest in are going to do the right things. You can't follow them into the bathroom and see what they're putting on their butt. Oh, excuse me, is that lotion or a banned substance? What's going on? You can't do that. You exactly. can't do that. You have to trust them. Yep. Take it or leave it. Bacon and eggs, cheese on an everything bagel is the king of all sandwiches. Ooh. Of all a- sandwiches or breakfast sandies? He went so far as to say all sandwiches. I, leave breakfast. Leave breakfast it. sandwiches. And, and everything bagel by itself so good. Is, is an elite decision. So good. As a breakfast choice. Carrie. The everything. <sighs> Do you toast your bagels? Lightly. You oh. give it a little, not, no, because just the, a I don't, just, a, just, a, mwah, just a enough little where it's a little, it's a little, you know, not soft, but not too crunchy. Just a little bit, so it's a little more firm than it would be out out of the bag, or, or, or you know, I, just a little bit. So yeah, it's like a light dusting of crispiness. Just the just enough. Wow, I can hear the crunch when I bite into it. That's what I like. Maybe spread a little bit of cream cheese on. I mean, and everything bagel by itself yeah. is 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 elite, as I said. But to put a little eggs and bacon on it, oh. Ooh, oh sign me God. up. So I like an everything bagel. I love bacon, egg, and cheese. But I don't think it's the best sandwich of all time. Best breakfast sandwich, maybe throw a little avocado on there. You got ah, me. Ooh. You know what now, I'm saying? Now you're speaking my language. Throw a little avocado. Okay, okay. Uh, and it, I'm with you. A light crisping of a toasting, a light schmear of cream cheese. Not just too enough. much. I don't want to take a bite in it and it all shoots out the back. You that's know? true. That, I just that's wanna, awful. I just want the, I don't want it to be too messy. <laughs> but... I shared with you yesterday my number one hangover remedy of all time, yes. which is an Italian sub. So ah. to me, the goat of all Sandys is an Italian sub. Mm, I, I can dig that. Yeah, that's uh, it's hard to beat the Italian sub. It has magical healing <laughs> properties. I, I do leave the mortadella off. I'm sorry. What? I don't know why. It's, 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 it, it adds a weird flavor to me. One quick question. How dare you? <laughs> you know what? Fair question. Take it or leave it. Jordan Walker's the best young player in Major League Baseball next year. I'm going to take it. I think he's going to be the rookie of the year. I've heard great things, and and obviously that was them not trading for Soto was part of him. They they wanted him to be here. They wanted him to be around. Uh, I'm excited to see him. You know, spring training next year. I don't think he gets called up this year, but spring training uh, next and seeing if he's you know on the opening day roster and ready to rock and roll. I would. Cardinals fans would lose their minds if he got called up this year. Yeah. Can you imagine yeah. if, for some reason, Jordan Walker gets the call, and for some reason he gets put in a big game situation? I think, and he he has a big moment. People would lose their minds. I don't think it's going to happen either. But how fun would that be? That would be awesome. I, I think that would be. For me, I want to see guys play. I, if they're good now and they're going to be good later, let, let, let's, let's go. go. Well, what You're are trying we to win on? a championship. You try, you, and you do not know what next year holds. Right now, you got a team that is on the on the verge, on the brink of, of something really special. And if that if, if that young man is, is as elite as they say he is and has all of the tools that he has, you might want to get him up here and, and, and kind of see what he's able to do. Matt, do we have one more? Yes, we do. Take it or leave it. A prop bet on Lamar Jackson to win MVP. Smart money. Ooh. I'll take it. I, I, he's Lamar come Jackson back, is. I, he's going to be motivated if he doesn't get the deal if done. If he does not get a deal, you probably will see the best version of Lamar Jackson. Because one thing you talked about ego about professional athletes, and and it's ego, it's pride, it's mm-hmm. it's belief in yourself. And this young man has been told from from the time he was in high school, you are a running back. All he did was went to Louisville and win the Heisman. 
you're a running back. You're going to get drafted at, as, as a running back. He didn't go to the combine to run the 40 because I know I'm fast and I don't want you all to see how fast I am. Let me go win an NFL MVP. Mm-hmm. And so his entire career has been proving people wrong as to who he – this man has won an MVP, and there are quarterbacks that are making more than him that haven't done that in the league. He is saying to you, are y'all crazy? Deshaun might not even play. He might not play, and <laughs> Kyler Murray gets hurt often. What are we – how are you going to pay them more than you're going to pay Lamar Jackson? The only person whose contract probably will stay more than his is Patrick Mahomes because he's making a, 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 a half billion dollars. And that's fair. So other than him, who also has an MVP. And won a Super Bowl. And won a Super Bowl. Lamar Jackson has, has all of those tools, all of that ability. If he does not get paid, you will see the best version. I would take that bet. Quickly here. I am just so surprised that the Ravens would not want to get this done before the season starts. I think it's... It's sports malpractice on their part because when he got injured last year, you see the difference in your team when he is not available to you. What if what if it messed with him mentally? I don't think it will, but why would you want to take that chance? The 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 Ravens did it also with, with Joe Flacco, and all he did was went out go out and win a Super Bowl. That's right. And then they had to pay Joe Flacco a hundred million dollars <laughs> and they they were <laughs> so you did it, you've done it before. And if he goes out, wins an MVP is able to put them in contention for, for you know a Super Bowl run, they're not going to be able to afford what they were going to pay him, what they wanted to pay him this year. So, you know, it's a gamble on both ends. Obviously, Lamar could get hurt, but the, the Ravens are taking a gamble on, on a financial gamble if they do not pay him now, that if he goes out and has the, the season that he's capable of having, you may owe him a lot more money than you wanted to pay him to begin with. And it's so outrageous to me because the most important currency in all of sports is a starting quarterback. Yes. Is a true franchise quarterback. And you've got one. And you're taking a gamble on it. I just don't understand why, as an organization, you would want to do that. I can't wrap my head around it because, I mean, look at look at the Jets or look at the look at all of it's these. It's a lot of teams you can name that that would that would do a lot for a star. The 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 Jets. I, I I was listening to the radio. They said they haven't had a a a decent starting quarterback since Chad Pennington. Decent. Decent. <laughs> like I mean, <laughs> Mark Sanchez was there. Okay, but decent. they they haven't had one. And here you have Lamar, one of the MVPs, MVP winners. You got to pay that man, or you know, face the consequences when the season is over and he's done. He's done what he's supposed to do, and and you all are looking at him again. That is Super Bowl champion Kerry Davis. I'm Michelle Smallman. Coming up next, the Cardinals pull out a big and interesting victory over the Colorado Rockies last night. We're going to talk about it next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. A fresh perspective on the day's biggest stories. It's Character and Smallman's Fresh Take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. It pays to shop at Schnucks. Download the Schnucks Rewards app today. It's Carriker and Smallman here on 101 ESPN. Randy Carriker is out this week. Michelle Smallman's here with you alongside Super Bowl champion Kerry Davis. And Kerry, we know that St. Louis is such a great sports town. 
Indeed. Any time the Blues play at Enterprise Center, it's packed. Cardinals Bush Stadium. If golf comes to town, you know that it's going to sell out. The same thing happens with racing. And we have yet another really exciting and big race coming to St. Louis this weekend on August 20th for the Bomberito Automotive Group 500. It's over at Worldwide Technology Raceway. And we are so lucky to have Chuck Wallace, who's the vice president and general manager of the Bomberito Automotive Group, and Chris Blair, who's the executive vice president and general man- manager of Worldwide Technology Raceway. Way, joining us in studio to talk about all of the fun that we're going to have in St. Louis over the weekend in the racing world. Good morning, guys. Thanks for taking the time to pop in with us. Hey, thanks for having us. Okay, so first and foremost, what can fans expect this weekend out at Worldwide Technology Raceway? Well, it's two action-packed days. On Friday, it starts out with IndyCar practice on the pole night uh, qualifying, leading into the USAC Silver Crown Series race, which is uh, 180 mile per hour open wheel race cars. And then we come back on Saturday with a full day of racing action with uh, three classes of racing leading into the Bomberito Automotive Group 500, plus all the activities on the midway, skydivers, planes flying over, uh, fireworks, we blow up a lot of stuff so it's going to be uh, another big show over there at the track so you got kyle kirk uh, kyle kirkwood driving a number 14 car what what type of driver is he and what can we expect from him this weekend uh kyle's a 23 year old up-and-coming superstar uh he won indy lights last year which got him the contract into uh indycar he's also the only only person that's won all three road to indy series uh he's very very accomplished for a 23 year old kid and uh, Bomberito's very proud to be sponsoring the number 14, A.J. Foyt Racing, mm-hmm. uh, Bomberito Chevrolet, no, that iconic number 14 with A.J. That sounds great. And I know a lot of people are going to have eyes on, on both of those racers. So when we introduced you guys, we talked about St. Louis as a an incredible sports market. And it just seems like time and time again, whenever there's a big racing event that comes through St. Louis, St. Louis delivers. So how have you seen St. Louis grow as a racing market and, and as a market that's become really vital to the success of certain races in the racing world? Well, that's the thing. You know, the ra- Keep in mind, the track was still shuttered 10 years ago when Curtis Francois bought the racetrack. And uh, it's just the approach that we've taken and the support here of the, the fans in this town. That's the reason we've been able to get the series because the fans do support it. And and a lot of times it's just because there's a big event happening and people take that St. Louis pride and they want to come out. And we've been able to use that for momentum. Started out with NHRA, which is coming up at the end of September. Uh, they're coming back for the 12th year or 10th year in a row now. And then IndyCar, this is our sixth version with them. The NASCAR event did a great job. And it's all because of the support of the St. Louis sports market. Uh, it just makes it easy for us to put on these events. And it attracts the attention of all the major series. You're right. And, and a lot of people driving around are probably interested in this. They might want to go this weekend, but they don't really know about the racing environment. The people who go, they are certainly diehards. Can you describe what the racing fan is like and how, how passionate they are? Because I know that people show up from all over. They're, they're camping out. This is a true event for a lot of people. Well, racing fans are racing fans that have been there and done it. But uh, this weekend is pretty much open wheel racing. We had NASCAR in June, uh, NHRA in September. But um, full-blown race fans get it. But the people I really want to talk to are the people that haven't been out there. Yes. Um, you know, these cars These cars this weekend will be doing 200-plus miles an hour, open wheel between two concrete walls. Ooh. You can't touch. Um, you know, there's a lot of superstars coming to town. you got Elio Castroneves, who's won four times the Indy 500. you got Jimmy Johnson, who's a seven-time NASCAR champion. He's He'll be built for this track. It's an oval. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a mile and a mile and a quarter, mm-hmm. quarter track. Um but if you haven't been there, come out. It's not like stick and ball sports. 
Okay, you can you can take your kids into the garage, and I mean, you can get up close and personal with drivers, with the crew chiefs, with the cars. It's not like uh, I mean, you'll get some autographs. Uh, Chris mentioned the midway. There's all kinds of things to do outside the track. It's two full days of racing. So, if you haven't done it, it's going to be a beautiful weekend weather-wise. Come out and come out and experience. Where can uh, fans find tickets, and where can they they purchase tickets for this event this weekend? You can go to wwtraceway.com and uh, t- just follow the ticket link there. We're also on Metro Ticks, but uh, some great seats are still available. We are sold out of all of our premium hospitality areas, which people like to come take that all in. But we have some uh, other great opportunities, and we still have paddock pass upgrades. So again, so you can get down in the infield and go right into the garages. And uh, unlike many sports, we have an open autograph session about two hours before the start of the race. All the drivers come out onto the midway to meet the fans so it's it's really fan interactive there's a lot of great things going on it sounds like a wonderful weekend you know there's not a bad seat in the house there there's not one single bad seat and suites are great but as a racing passionate guy uh you want to sit outside Mm -hmm. you want to be outside you want to feel it you want to smell it you want to hear it you want to smell you want to smell the hot dogs and the candy and everything that's going on. Well, for the for the person out there listening who hasn't been there, I think you hit the nail on the head. I don't think people realize what it feels like when these cars come racing by you at 100 200 plus miles an hour. It's an experience. It's nothing like TV. Yes. Uh, it's nothing like TV. When those cameras are following those cars, they're going away from it. When those cars go by you at 200 miles an hour and you're standing there, it's it's a whole different feel. Well, August 20th, again, this weekend, the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway. It's one of the best races of the season. You can get tickets now, and please do so at www.raceway.com. Chuck Wallace, the Vice President and General Manager of the Bomberito Automotive Group, and Chris Blair, who's the Executive Vice President and General Manager of Worldwide Technology Raceway. Gentlemen, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to join us, and have fun this weekend. Thank you very much. Appreciate thank it. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Alongside Super Bowl champion Kerry Davis, I'm Michelle Smallman. Coming up next, the Cardinals pulling out a an important and interesting victory over the Colorado Rockies last night. We're going to talk about it next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. In the air, out to deep left. No way, no way, too high. Look at how high he hit that. Holy smokes. And a home run, only a two-run shot. That's as high as you will ever see a ball hit. Oh, my goodness. I wasn't sure if he got enough of it or not, but uh, thankfully he did. Too high? He said me too high. Too high. Not too high. Too hard. First, it was really high. Who gives a shit? It's gone. Matt Rocky making us laugh here on 101 ESPN. Alongside Super Bowl champion Kerry Davis, I'm Michelle Smallman. And Paul Goldschmidt with a two-run no-doubter. The National League MVP, in my opinion, Kerry. Indeed. To put the Cardinals up 3 to nothing early in this game last night. But that, of course, was not the end of the story. Mm-hmm. The Cardinals getting a, a three-run lead thanks to a solo shot by Tommy Edmond. And then that two-run homer. That was one of the highest hit home runs you'll ever see. Moonshot. Moonshot. It's, it's beautiful. Danny Mac describing it beautifully <laughs> from Paul Goldschmidt. But then in the sixth inning... 
Carrie, Jose Quintana started to run into a little bit of trouble yes. after he had had a, a solid outing for the Cardinals. The Rockies in this one able to scratch and claw their way back. And the Cardinals uh, ended up winning the game. They load the bases. They were taking really smart uh, smart at bats. They load the bases. And then Tyler O'Neill gets hit by a pitch. And the Cardinals quite literally walk this one off yes. as they beat the Rockies 5-4. to four. They, they load the bases and the ball didn't leave the infield. You say two walks, <laughs> uh, uh, a swing, a Bunt that uh, in, you know, a bunt that they couldn't get the runner out, and then a hit by pitch to walk them to walk them home. And a win is a win is a win. However, you have to get it is a beautiful thing. And you know, a lot of things took place in that game that were uh, awesome and good. And and uh, it's just fun to see a win happening and, and see how they are able to put together wins no matter how they have to get it done. Well, that's the thing that's interesting about this team right now is don't you kind of have the vibe that they're going to figure it out and yeah. they're going to find a way to win somehow it's it's that confidence now that you have in this team you know earlier in the season when the cardinals were playing a lesser opponent i wouldn't have had that same confidence right. i would have said i don't care they they had dropped series to lesser opponents at times you felt like they might be playing down to opponents but now you just sense a different energy after from this team after the trade deadline and it it really feels like they never count themselves out regardless of the situation and regardless of the opponent you just keep winning and finding ways to win and I said earlier that's what good teams do they find a way to win even when it may seem doubtful even when it may seem uh you know impossible they find a way to take care of the business and you know good teams find ways to win bad teams find a way to lose and and that, that probably speaks Perfectly for what the Rockies are dealing with and what the Cardinals are dealing with. A good team does not give up two walks, a, a bunt, and a hit batter in order to lose a game. So, you know, that 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 is um, – they're going in the right direction, and hopefully they can continue it and continue to play well. So – Yesterday, we talked a lot about Albert Pujols and his two-home run game on Sunday. And we were hoping to see it again last night with the lefty going for Colorado. And, and Carrie, I know that you wanted to talk about Ollie's decision to uh, pinch run for yeah. Albert later in the game. Yeah, I, Danny Mack was talking about it on the show um, on, on the, on, during the game. And he was saying, you know, at some point, Obviously, you want to get somebody in there that can that is not base to base because Albert is not you know he's not the fastest these days. But he, he taking his bat out of the lineup may become an issue later on in the games because when you're hitting that well, you want to have that bat, especially if he's he's hitting fifth right now. You want to have him in the game and and don't want to have to take him out for a pinch runner. So it's going to be some some critical some crucial decisions that come up later in the in the season as they continue to go forward. If Albert is on base on first base via walk or single. Does he take him out of the game or does he leave him in and we just got to run with him and figure out how we can score uh, with him on base? Because at some point, taking him out in the sixth inning is, is going to be a, a, an issue later on when you don't have that bat. Isn't that such a fun feeling to oh, have yeah. that in 2022 you don't want to take <laughs> Albert Pujols out of a, a game? because. You do not you could have a critical situation in which you need him to hit and you have the confidence and belief in him that he's going to be able to execute for you. You believe it, and, and he's showing it night in and night out. I mean, he's seen the ball really well. Uh, uh, that that bat where he did get the single, he was down 0-2 at one point and able to battle back and get a single. And you just expect, that's the, that's the Albert that we watched for all of those years before he left for, for, for Anaheim. And this is seeing him be able to make those those adjustments in game in at bat adjustments from from pitch to pitch 
that's what we expect. It's not what we saw for the last few years when he wasn't here. You saw a guy that you thought, eh, maybe his career is done. But he's kind of been resurrected. He's figured some things out, and he's seeing the ball well. He's hitting the ball well. He's getting on base, and I enjoy I enjoy seeing him. And like I said, Ollie's going to have to have a decision. We leave him in I, because I don't want to take him out and his, his 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 spot come up in the lineup again and not have him there and have somebody who is you know not hitting the ball as well. You know who we should talk about this with is Adam Wainwright, who's going to join us in the 9 o'clock hour. It's Let's Wednesdays with Wayno at 9.30. I want to hear from Adam's vantage point what it was like on Sunday when Albert hit that second home oh, yeah. run. Uh, that, I'm sure as a we talked about it, Randy and I talked with him last week about him, Yachty, and, and their relationship and, you know, how it's how fun it's been having the crew back together and going through this. You know, those two have said this is our final season. He's still undecided. But just going through this season – what it's meant to, to to him and them as a as a group, I'm sure I'm sure he had some feelings, you know, some emotions come up when he saw it because you want your guys, you you want everybody on your team to do well, but your guys, like the guys you spend mm-hmm. time with away from the ballpark, the guys you hang out with, your boys, you know, your boys, your guys play cards with, talk on the phone to, you really enjoy when they're doing well. So I'm I'm sure he was really excited about that uh, those two home runs. Well, Carrie, that's how I feel about you, which is why I really hope that you're going to do well in the fight coming up. <laughs> Because I just nominated you to take the fight. Because I just want to see you do well, Carrie. I don't have my hat today. We'll see how it goes. Oh, no. What was, my... what was it? Above the line? Over the top. Over the top. <laughs> Above the line. <laughs> Who even knows? Yesterday, Carrie Davis took the fight. He took his hat, off, his hat off. He flipped it backwards. and Like Stallone and over the top. I think you got all four correct. I right? did. He did. He might be struggling today. Can he do it again? <laughs> That's next on 101 ESPN. <laughs> We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome to the fight on Character and Smallman. In the red corner, average Joe Listener. And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of Morning Drive. Please welcome Randy Character. in St. Louis. That time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Michelle Smallman and Super Bowl champion Carrie Davis in for Randy Carricker on Carricker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. And I somehow convinced Carrie to do the fight, probably because he got all four right yesterday. He ended up getting a jack. And so he should have the confidence to come back and do it again, whereas I certainly don't. (laughs) So let's welcome in. Carrie's challenger today. Kevin is with us on 101 ESPN. Good morning, Kevin. How are you? Hey, good morning, Michelle. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. Are you ready to take Carrie on in the fight today? Ready as I can be. Awesome. Kevin, where are you from? Uh, I am from the 618. I'm from Collinsville. What up, 618er? Collinsville. I love it. Well, I was cheering for you anyway, Kevin, but now I'm definitely cheering for you. Thanks, Michelle. You got it. Here we go. Good luck, Kevin. Question number one. Who is the only player to hit more home runs in a single season since Ryan Howard's 58-hole run campaign in 2006? Is it Pete Alonzo, Aaron Judge, or Giancarlo Stanton? Pete Alonzo. We all remember Christian Leitner as a hated Blue Devil and the college player who got bullied by the Dream Team, but who drafted Leitner in the 92 draft? Was it the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Atlanta Hawks, or the Detroit Pistons? Go with the Timberwolves. Kevin, since the year 2000, 
three different non-quarterbacks have thrown four or more touchdown passes. Two of them are wide receivers. Antoine Randall L. with six and Mohamed Sanu with four. What running back is the third on the list with seven touchdown passes? Is it Jerome Bettis, Clinton Portis, or LaDainian Tomlinson? Uh, Let's go with uh, Tomlinson. All right. And what 2000s MLB MVP was nicknamed The Laser Show? Was that Troy Tulowitzki, Dustin Pedroia, or Ryan Howard? Let's go with Dustin Pedroia. Checking the score. Waving in Carrie Davis. Kevin, confidence check. How are you feeling, pal? Uh, not so great today. You should feel good. That's, I'm going to just can't tell you that you did, but it's probably way better than you think you did. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Uh, as that Carrie hears that, that as he walks in the studio. Oh, man. <laughs> Carrie, as you get your headset on, please say good morning to Kevin, who is a 618er. He's from the ill side. All he, right, Kevin. He's an Illinois guy. He's from Collinsville. ILL. I'll hey, Carrie, how are you, sir? And I'm I and good. I. Thank you. I'm, <laughs> I'm only well. hanging. Appreciate it. You know, Carrie, real quick, uh, we have people that come on the show and they'll throw out an M-I-Z uh-huh. and I never give a Z-O-U back. Why would you? I'm not throwing shade at Mizzou, but it's just not... Not what we do. It's I didn't go there. Exactly. I, I can't give a Z-O-U in good faith. I didn't even know that went with it. I, I wouldn't be able to know. <laughs> You're like, M-I-Z... What's that mean? <laughs> huh? Okay. Uh, Carrie, are you ready to go? I am ready to roll. Now, Carrie got a jack yesterday. I knocked it out of the park. He had a Paul Goldschmidt as high as you could possibly imagine home run shot. So I've set the bar really high. Yes, you have. <laughs> yes, you have. We'll see how today goes. Okay, Carrie, question right. number one. Let's roll. Who is the only player to hit more home runs in a single season since Ryan Howard's 58 home run campaign in 2006? Was it Pete Alonzo, Aaron Judge, or Giancarlo Stanton? Oh. Pete Alonzo, Aaron Judge, or Giancarlo Stanton? Mm hmm. Uh. Pete Alonzo, I, I think he does well in the in the home run derby. I don't know that he's led the league or had one of those types of seasons. So I'm gonna I'm gonna scratch off old Pete. We, we, we'll go we'll go away from Pete. And he he had that whole incident with his hair flopping around. We, we, we what whatever Pete. Uh, whatever Pete. <laughs> um, Aaron Judge. He this is one of his better years. He's had a, an outstanding this year, outstanding year this year. But I think he's had some injuries, dealt with some injuries. And I, I do think I remember Giancarlo Stanton having one of those years where he was amazing. So I'm going to go with, with old Giancarlo. We all remember Christian Leitner as a hated Duke Blue Devil Indeed. and the college player who got bullied by the rest of the Dream Team. Mm. But what team drafted Christian Leitner in the 92 draft? Was it the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Atlanta Hawks, or the Detroit Pistons? What year you say? It was 92. 92, huh? Who are that? I'm not I'm not going to be able to pull a Randy character out of my head. So I, 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 the year really didn't matter. I just wanted to hear it again. <laughs> <laughs> you've learned, you've learned from the best. Hey, you know, copy yeah. what he does. But I, I, I don't think it was the, I don't think it was Detroit. I don't think it was the Detroit Pistons because I feel like his teammate went there in Grant Hill one of those years. Maybe not 92, maybe 91. But I, so I, I don't think. For some reason, the Hawks are feeling right. 92 would have been, yeah, let's say, let's, let's, let's go with the Atlanta Hawks. 
Carrie, since the year 2000, three different non-quarterbacks have thrown four or more touchdown passes. Mm. Two of them are wide receivers. Antoine Randall L. has six, and Mohamed Sanu has four. But what running back is the third on the list with seven touchdown passes? Mm. Is it Jerome Bettis, Clinton Portis, or LaDainian Tomlinson? I'm going to go LT. I, I I think because when I when you I don't I don't even know that I needed to hear mm. the answer on that one. LT threw a lot of passes. I remember the one year he had like thirty some odd rushing touchdowns, and he he did the little he does his little dance when he scores. <laughs> so yeah, I, I I'll go with LT. Okay. Yeah, there you go. The finger roll. Yeah. That's what it is. Finger roll. Yeah. One hand behind the uh, yeah. behind the head too. Uh, what two thousands MLB MVP was nicknamed the Laser Show? Was that Troy Tulowitzki, Justin Pedroia? Or Ryan Howard? Well, I never heard Ryan called the laser show, so I, I would go away from that. Let's scratch off Ryan. I, the laser show, Troy Tulowitzki, Justin, who'd you say? Dustin Dustin Pedroia. Pedroia. Okay. Um, Troy Tulowitzki, you know, Dustin, Big Poppy didn't even know his name. Did you ever see that that, that video? Yeah. He didn't know. He, he what did he call you? He, he said Dustin. He said that's my name. He said oh. He said I've only been playing with you for <laughs> X number of years and batting in front of you for X number at bats. You don't know. I, I didn't know. <laughs> uh, let's go with Dustin. Kevin. How did I do? Kevin. Carrie. We have a tie. Oh. We have a tie. Each of you got three correct. Both excellent outings from the two of you today. So here's how this is going to work, gentlemen. We're headed to the tiebreaker round. Oh, Lord. Okay. I'm going to read the tiebreaker question. <laughs> Carrie, you're going to have to do this Randy style, though. So you're going to have to write your answer down on a sheet of paper. Okay. Okay? You're going to have to write it down first. But we're going to get Kevin the first crack at it. He's going to... Here, you can have my pen. Oh, thank you. Oh, actually, I need a pen. Oh, you need Wait, a pen. Wait, yeah, I need a pen. Just we're, post it. we're scrambling. Right. We need pens here. Because <laughs> I never, need to never, write down... Never done this part. Kevin's answer and Carrie's thank answer. You. So, Carrie's going to write down his answer on a post-it. Then he's going to show it to me. We're going to give Kevin first crack at it. He'll reveal his answer. We'll share what Carrie wrote down. And we will determine our winner. Carrie, are you ready? I am ready to roll. Kevin, are you ready? Kevin, are you ready? Kevin. I'm ready. Okay, okay, okay. I was like, Bueller, Bueller, are you ready? All right, gentlemen, <clears throat> here's your tiebreaker question. How many of the Cardinals' final 47 games... Wait, hold on. I'm going to run Burgundy this. I should have read it prior because this is not the right word. Okay. <clears throat> How many of the Cardinals' final 47 games does Albert Pujols need to play to tie Ricky Henderson at number four all-time in career games played? Uh, how many of the final 47? Yep. Yeah, write it down, Carrie. So, down. so you're guessing. Oh, you're right so, you One know. more time. How yeah. many of the Cardinals' final 47 games does Albert Pujols need to play to tie Ricky Henderson at number four all-time in career games played? So you're going to have to do some math here. So final you don't 47. Know, so I'm not giving you the total. Could be could be all 47. I doubt it. We would have heard Carrie, that. Carrie. No, no, you oh, can't. You I'm can't. Sorry. You got, I, I got to write it down. Yeah, you're going to oh. give Kevin some oh. help here. Sorry, Kevin. <laughs> no, you might be helping. <laughs> sorry, me. <laughs> Carrie's going to write it down. And then Kevin, I'll give you. Let me let me see it, Carrie. Okay. I have Carrie's answer. Kevin, whenever you're ready. Um, or the. 
Kevin says 44 of the Cardinals' final 47 games. Carrie Davis, you say? 38. That's a good number. It's my number. I was going to say. <laughs> sounds familiar. <laughs> sounds familiar, the, that number 38. Carrie Davis says 38. We have a... You, this was very close. Okay. Closest to the pin situation. Is it Carrie or is it Kevin? Rocky will ring the bell. The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. Just win, baby. Carrie raising his fist <laughs> oh, in victory. Kevin, I'm so sorry. You were so close. Let's roll it back to the top and share the answer. So the only player to hit more home runs in a single season since Ryan Howard's 58 home run campaign in 2006 was, in fact, Giancarlo Stanton, who hit 59 home runs in 2017. Christian Leitner hated Blue Devil, bullied by the Dream Team, also drafted by the Minnesota Timberwolves third overall in the 1992 NBA draft. Since the year 2000, three different non-quarterbacks have thrown four or more touchdown passes. You had two wide receivers do it, and you had LaDainian Tomlinson, who threw seven touchdown passes. You, you knew that one. I knew that one. You knew that one. I knew that one. And the 2000s Major League Baseball MVP that was nicknamed The Laser Show was Dustin Pedroia. Good nickname. That is a good nickname. The Laser Show. You have to show. see that video where Dustin is talking about how Big Poppy did. So you, you should, it's hilarious. It is hilarious. It's one of the imagine. funniest things I've seen. But you know what? I've worked with some people that probably still don't even know who I am, so that's fine. I got the Christian later. He did play for the Hawks. He just was not drafted by the Hawks. Yeah, very sneaky. Still very sneaky, stuff. very sneaky, sir. Okay, so Kevin and Carey, <laughs> tied at three apiece, went to the tiebreaker round. The question was this. How many of the Cardinals' final 47 games does Albert Pujols need to play to tie Ricky Henderson at number four all-time in career games played? Kevin, guess 44. Carrie, guessing his number, number 38. The correct answer, boys, is 40. So, Carrie, just two away. He's closer to the pin, even though Kevin had a great guess. And Carrie takes the victory. Thank you, Kevin, for listening. Thanks for playing. And you're a 618 so you're still a winner in our eyes. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. You, you too. too. Carrie, back-to-back wins. <sighs> Congratulations. Thank you. It's a lot. Randy would be so proud of you. I think so. I, I think he would like how I process some of these things. It's, it's really process of elimination. Yeah. Some things you X out. Some things you know right off the bat, LaDainian. I knew that. Yeah, you did. You were very confident. The, that the, the one that got me was the Christian Leitner one because I, I knew I could see Christian in a Hawks jersey. Mm-hmm. I don't recall him in a Timberwolves jersey ever. I get so nervous when I do the fight that you could ask me my last name and I'd black out. I'd be like, I don't even know. What is it? What is my government name? I have no idea. This is, I get so nervous doing the fight. You're cool, calm, collected, confident. This is why I nominate you to do it all the time. Well, thank you. I greatly appreciate that. I mean, there's, I, I think there's just something that, that has to do to your confidence level when you've literally crossed the the goal line on an NFL stadium <laughs> with a football and been like, hey, I just scored a touchdown in the NFL. You can't tell That's me right. anything. There's a level of confidence. I, I, you you may be right there. I mean, there's I, when I go in, when I do speaking engagements, I don't get nervous because I'm like, well, I've played in front of way more people than this. So I, why would I be afraid to talk in front of a room of 200 people. Must be nice. It helps. Must be nice. It does help. That Super Bowl <laughs> champion, put some respect on his name, and two-time fight champion, Kerry Davis on 101 ESPN. Coming up next, we continue our look around the NFL. We have three questions today for the Denver Broncos. That's next on 101 ESPN. 
We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Do you have any other questions for me, counselor? I don't really understand your question. Are you fooling me? I'm right. It's a question. That's a clown question, bro. Then shalt thou count to three. No more, no less. And now, it's time for three questions on the Denver Broncos. It is time to take a look at the Denver Broncos as we continue our look around the NFL and give you three questions about each team. So, it's time for... Number one. Carrie, I think when we look at the Denver Broncos, it starts and it ends with their new quarterback, Russell Wilson. How do you think that Russell Wilson will acclimate to a new team? And do you think we're going to see the best version of Russell Wilson in Denver? I think you're going to see the um, – I think you will because he he's – the last few years, you, you kind of – you wanted more out of Russ. You thought, I think it was a few years ago where he started off so hot as as the MVP candidate and after the first five games, and then he kind of went downhill. Um, losing their, not having the, the the successful running game that they had when he was, you know, going to championships, winning championships, kind of changed that team and, and his ability to find people open. It seemed like they were just chucking the ball downfield to DK or, or Tyler Lockett. I think now they got some guys that, that can catch the ball over the middle. They got a very good run game in, in Javante Williams and, and if uh, Melvin Gordon, if he's if he's completely healthy the entire season. Uh, I'm excited for, for Russell because I think some people forget who he is and what he is. He, mm-hmm. is, he has been one of those top-tier, you know, top five to ten quarterbacks his entire career. And getting a new setting, getting in a new place – um, and with that defense that they had, I, I was looking at the stats yesterday. They allowed 19 points a game defensively, and they only scored 19 points a game offensively. So I think the addition of Russ with that defense, they were third overall in, in points allowed. With the addition of Russ playing quarterback, you know, finding Cortland Sutton, having those receivers downfield, Jerry Judy, hopefully he catches the ball because he's he struggled with drops. But if you get those guys rolling, I think you're going to have something special in that AFC West, which is a stacked division. It absolutely is. And you're so right about us forgetting who Russ is because I think the the persona of Russell Wilson has kind of overtaken Russell Wilson, the player. When you think of Russ, you think of Mr. Unlimited and you think right. of he and Sierra having what looks like a political photo shoot. And you, you picture the video yesterday of him dressed in all white, walking out of his house, mm-hmm. getting into the, the Rolls Royce saying, let's ride. You know, he's become <laughs> kind of a character of himself. Sometimes, And I don't mean that in a bad way. He's just a big brand. He's right. a really big brand. And I think that this is a great opportunity for him to remind people what a good football player he is. And he is a very good football player. He's a guy that, like I said, could be an MVP candidate if they do what I think they're capable of doing. It's going to be tough in that division, but I I have faith in Russell to be one of the top-tier quarterbacks. Number two. Question number two is about the division. As you mentioned, Kerry, a stacked AFC West with the Denver Broncos, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Las Vegas Raiders, and the L.A. Chargers. So question number two is this. How do you think that they're going to fare in this this tough, tough division? Well, I think this is the best division division in football. I think you'll have uh, three of, the, of the, the AFC teams make the playoffs. 
how they how it sorts itself out is 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 going to be the key. You know, Kansas City has always has been the front runner for the past few years with with Patrick and 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 Andy Reid there, but they start off slow and they they don't run the ball a lot, and that tends to not bode well for you in the postseason or later in the season. Um, what is Derek Carr and and his Raiders crew going to be with Devontae Adams? Yeah, it's going to be a lot of 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 change and and trying to figure out who's going to be the lead dog. I do believe that you know. Um, Russell and, and the Broncos have an opportunity to take over that role. Whether or not they're capable of doing it, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a fight. It's gonna be a fight. You got six games against a tough, tough AFC West division, and if you can win four, if you can win five, I don't know that you win all six, but if you put yourself to win that division, you put yourself in a position to to really make a make a run in the playoffs. I think you might have more confidence in them than the average bear because when you look at that division, I think if you're ranking the teams one through four, most people would put the Broncos as number four, even though they're a good football team. But that just shows how stacked that division well, is. I, I don't know that I, I I'm not so sold on the Chargers yet, and uh-huh. I, I I am I am just because. They haven't done though. They added some. They added Khalil Mack. Mm-hmm, they added some mm-hmm. pieces, you Justin know, defensively. Herbert. They got Justin Herbert, <laughs> and 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 I love Keenan Allen as a receiver. He is probably one of the most underrated receivers in the league today. But I just don't know that that so many of those decisions that they we talk a lot about uh, uh, McCarthy and and the the Cowboys and his decision making. Uh, Brandon Staley made some 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 interesting decisions last year as well, and and one of them probably kept him out of the playoffs. So you know, I think. That being a younger coach, I know I know there's a there's a new head coach in in oh in not Oakland in Las Vegas and in and and in Denver, but the quarterbacks are older and they are a little bit more more established. I think the Broncos may surprise some people. That would be my pick. I I don't know if I picked first or second to win to, for the division. Wow. Yeah. Can't wait to see how it plays out. Number three. Number three. Number three. Uh. Big news from the Broncos yesterday as Randy Gregory was activated from the physically unable to perform list, the PUP list, earlier this week. He had arthroscopic surgery on his shoulder after signing with the Broncos as a free agent this month. He's ready for his work in training camp. So question number three, Carrie, what is Randy Gregory going to bring to this defense? Elite pass rushing. And and as I just talked about that defense only allowing 19 points a game, they are they are stacked defensively. They they and they added Joe Sherbert as a linebacker. They are guys that that get to the ball carry. Bradley Chubb, if he's going to to be that that guy that they drafted him to be, they have a defense that is is going to fly around. Patrick Sertan Jr., who is his maybe better than his own father, uh, and Justin Simmons in the secondary. They have a they from from front to back. They have a team that is defensively as sound as it comes. And when you add Randy Gregory to that defense, third downs are going to be hell in that division. I mean, you got you as I spoke about the 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 the, um, the Chiefs earlier. They like to pass the ball, and if you have a defensive end who only wants to rush the quarterback. That's what he got paid to do. That's what he's going to do. I, one, <laughs> Dwight Freeney told me one day, he said, you know, every play is a pass unless it's a run. Like that was <laughs> that was his philosophy. So great pass rushers do not worry about running the football. Hey, I don't get paid for that. Just like most corners tell you, I don't get paid to tackle. Great pass rushers, hey, every play is a pass. Unless it's run. So that is the philosophy. I'm sure Randy Gregory has a little bit of that in him. He's going to get after the quarterback, and he's going to make it tough in the division of quarterbacks. Those guys are going to pass the ball. We don't. We haven't been talking about much of the run game in that division. We talk about Herbert. We talk about uh, Carr. And we talk about Mahomes. 
Those are quarterbacks. We haven't talked about the running backs in that division, so you pay a guy that much money to come off the edge, this Broncos defense is going to be elite and it's going to be tough to, to, to battle against week in and week out. Every play is a pass unless it's a run. Put it on a shirt. Yes. That is Super Bowl champion, Kerry <laughs> Davis. I'm Michelle Smallman. And coming up next, we're going to be joined by another champion, a World Series champion, a three-time All-Star, National League MVP, and a native St. Louisan who's doing great things in the media. Ryan Howard joins us next. You don't want to miss it, so keep it here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Next pitch in hard, deep right field. If it's high enough, it's gone. That ball is gone. Wide drive, home run, Ryan Howard. Pitch, swing, and a high fly ball. Hit to left. Willingham backing out. This one might go. This one is gone. Ryan Howard with an opposite field two-run home run. Here with the bases loaded. Breaking ball hit high in the air, deep to right field. Oh, what a shot this is. Third deck home run, a grand slam for Ryan Howard. It's his third grand salami of the season. And the Phillies have taken the lead here in the bottom of the third inning. Holy cow, was that a long one. A few of the many highlights from the decorated career of three-time All-Star, National League MVP, and World Series champion Ryan Howard, who joins us now on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line alongside Super Bowl champion Kerry Davis. I'm Michelle Smallman. Ryan, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to join us. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing well. Thank you guys for having me. Hey Ryan, I know uh, hearing some of those playbacks gave you some gave you some good feelings. <laughs> did it did it did it make you jump up a little bit and reminisce on those moments that took place? <laughs> it's always good to hear some of those playbacks, man. It's just, you know I was blessed to have a great career and, and do some great things and accomplish some great things with some uh, some great teammates. So uh, you know hearing those things uh, kind of takes me back a little bit, but um, it's always it's always fun kind of listening to that kind of stuff. Now, Ryan, you and I are, are roughly the same age. We we are we are older gentlemen in our in our our established sports career. We had we had a good time while we while we were able to do it. But there's another man who's around the same age as us that is still doing it, and Albert Pujols. Have you been watching him and and what he's able to accomplish? And what do you think about that? Man, have I been watching him? I had a front row seat. You know, I think the the funny thing is, I'm not sure a lot of people know. Like when I first started out, I was still in the minor leagues. And uh, I had the opportunity to be able to uh, hit over at Maryville uh, University over there. And I got the opportunity to hit with uh, Mike Messini, uh, John Mabry, and Albert. So I got to watch him, you know, as I, as I was a minor leaguer coming up, kind of doing his thing and working in the, in the cage and how he would go about doing his business. But, I mean, also being able to compete against him on the field and still watching him do what he was able to do today, um, you know, it, it speaks volumes of who he is as a person, what he's been able to do, and the contributions he's been able to make to the game um, on and off the field. Ryan, I want to go back to you being able to observe Albert because when he first came to St. Louis, uh, came back to St. Louis, a lot of the conversations we had were these young guys in the clubhouse. Imagine the knowledge that they're going to get, not only being able to talk to Albert, but just observe what he's able to do on a day-to-day basis, how he prepares for a game, how he goes about his business. What were you able to learn from Albert as you observed him? I mean, I think it was just, 
more about the focus, a lot of it. I mean, the ball coming off his bat was just less – it was different. I mean, it was loud, very loud cracks um, <laughs> off the bat. But, I mean, I think just his focus, his work ethic, his discipline, uh, I think even more so his faith. Um, I think that's one thing that's never wavered and, and that's carried through him throughout his entire career. And I'm sure he'll probably say that as well. But, uh, you know, I think for, for him and, and being able to kind of – spitting some knowledge to some of the younger guys that are there. I think it's a lot of it is is just being able to sit there and just kind of watch him go about how he still works, go about what his uh, day-to-day routines are. But, I mean, just understanding pitching, enjoying the game, but understanding what what pitchers are trying to do to you and, and what types of situations. Ryan, let's switch gears a little bit. You you had a 13 year career and and had you know numerous teammates. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. had a had a bit of an incident last week where he he was suspended for 80 games and and you know there was expectations for him to come back with the Padres and and them to go on this playoff run. How would you feel as a teammate as as if your teammate was was suspended for that number of games and and you were expecting him to come in and and fill a void that you may need to to have a run in the in the, in the into the playoffs. I mean, I think it's – I mean, Kerry, as you know, you things happen. And and as a teammate, as a player, like, you have to have that next man up mentality. Um, yeah, would love to have him. Unfortunately, the situation is what the situation is. You got you to gotta figure out how to go do it without him. So it's whoever's coming in and, and replacing him. Hey, you just got to go out and go be yourself. And we still got to keep it, you know, moving forward. It's not trying to dust him off to the side. Um, you know, I'm sure he'll probably address his teammates at some point and, and you know, as, as things that I'm sure that are out there right now, um, we don't, we don't know. We don't know. Um, everything is all speculation. Um, I mean, only, only he knows the truth. So, um, you know, I think as a, as a player, uh, on his team, if I was a player on his team, it's like, Hey man, I want you to get healthy. Like, I mean, we'll, we'll rap about this later or whatever, but, with what we have to do on the field, like root for us, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like we we got to be out here. Uh, if he's able to, you know, give tutelage or whatever, like do that. But you know, as as the guys that are still in that clubhouse, like that's what you got to go with, and you got to run out there every day. National League MVP, World Series champion, and now very great uh, Major League Baseball analyst for ESPN on Baseball Tonight, Ryan Howard, joining us here on 101 ESPN. And Ryan, I want to ask you about the Yankees, who are on quite the skid right now. They've only won three of their last 15 games. They lose last night to the Tampa Bay Rays 3-1. to What are you seeing out of the Yankees? And if you're a Yankees fan, how concerned are you right now? You know, I haven't really, to be honest, I haven't really seen a whole lot. I've, I've, I've heard, you know, about the skid. And, look, every team goes through a little bit of a funk. Um, if I'm the Yankees right now, uh, I'd rather go through that funk, you know, in August than September because you can you can turn it around. And, you know, once you get going, if you can get it going on the back end of August with momentum building into September, that's where you want to be. Um, like I said, it's, it's a long season. And, and the, the, the cliche is it's a marathon, not a sprint. <laughs> So this is the time where, you know, after the All-Star game, getting getting into September, they've been so, so good, so consistent all throughout the season for the most part to where, yeah, this is that lull. Every team is going to have a lull um, at some point. So it's just weathering the storm um, and then coming out on the other side of it ready for, for September 
and going from there because now you're starting to get into, hey, we're starting to get into uh, the playoff run and getting into playoff baseball. Now, now, Ryan, you the pride of Lafayette Lancers. <laughs> I, I got a question for you. Do Do you recall us having a conversation about uh, fines from the NFL and, and and Major League Baseball? And I was telling I you, I was telling you about my fine of five thousand dollars for my socks uh, being too <laughs> having too much of a certain color showing. Do you remember what you told me your fine was for being ejected from a game? I do. I do. Would you all, we, all we had all, all we had to do was take away one zero. Yeah, there you go. Five hundred dollars. Wow. Versus <laughs> I still to this now, day am, am appalled. Now, 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 <laughs> you hey, you and me both, I was waiting for it too. I was like, man, I'm about to with what they do in the NBA and the NFL, man, I'm looking at probably like ten, fifteen thousand dollar check here. They got five out five hundred dollars. I was like, man, okay. I mean, I can maybe it was because it was my first offense, but, you know. But it's one of those things. But who knows? I mean, like with with the economy today, like they're fine to be more now. You know? Okay, with inflation. <laughs> I just with was inflation. amazed. I was amazed by that five thousand dollars because I had too much white showing in my socks, not enough black, and he got five hundred dollars for arguing with the umpire, and they kicked him out. I, I just couldn't believe that. Yeah. I was I was very yeah. upset. I'm still to this day upset about that. Does not sit well with you. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised more guys don't get thrown out of games if that's just the fine. If that's it, well, I don't want it. Is. A lot of those guys can write that check. <laughs> we have Ryan Howard joining us here on 101 ESPN. And, and last thing for me, Ryan, as you look around Major League Baseball and the division standings are starting are starting to shape take shape. Excuse me, and the playoff picture is starting to take shape. Which team do you like as a World Series contender? Oh, I mean, look, you got the usual suspects. I mean, obviously the Dodgers are, are doing doing what they're doing, um, just kind of running away with things. Um, you know, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting coming out of the American League. Um I mean, yeah, you got you got your usual suspects over there. But I mean like if the Yankees can can kind of turn it around again and get hot at the right time because when you get to the postseason, like the end of September postseason is um, it's all about who's hot at the right time. I mean, you know, going back 2007, we faced the Colorado Rockies team that won 21 out of 22 games in September, and then we got boat raced by them, you know, and swept the first three games of the postseason. So it's just all about who gets hot at the right time. I mean, the Dodgers, you, you, you obviously have to look at them as, you know, clear-cut favorites with what they've been doing um, all year. Um, but, you know, I think if the Yankees can kind of get it turned around, they can be a team that's going to be right there as well. Uh, Ryan, I, I have to apologize to you because I introed you as an MVP. I introed you at, with your, your decorated career World Series champion and your media accolades. A lot of people on our text line very upset that I didn't mention that you're also a star on The Office as well. <laughs> oh man! Hey, you know what? They have every right to be up there. I know, so that's my bad. I just want to apologize. You know, that's my bad. It's a, it's, a, it's a funny story because uh, I was in AAA in Scranton, Wilkesbar, and it was like I, it was right around that time, like oh four oh five. And somebody had told me he's like, "Hey, there's this show called The Office, and there's a character on there named Ryan Howard." I was like, oh, that's oh, that's cool. Like, you know, I, I never really thought of it because yeah, I, I never really watched the show. But then it was like, you know, 
looking at it and people are like, oh, yeah, Ryan Howard, the office, Stratton, this, that. I was like, oh, man, yeah, that's, that's pretty dope. So having, <laughs> having to have the opportunity to actually have been on an episode of the office, uh, Craig and John over there, like those, those guys were great. So they made it, they made it very easy for me um, and, and just smooth. So I had a really good time. Ryan, just yesterday, Carrie revealed to me off mic that he has never seen The Office. So having never you seen an be episode. a star of one of the episodes <laughs> oh, is now his reason to watch it. Oh, man. Yeah, you got you to check it out, man. I'm going to check, check it, it out. out. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great show. It's a great show. Well, Ryan Howard, great talking to you. Great information. Thank you for taking the time to join us today. And hopefully we can do it again down the road. Hey, sounds good. Thank you guys so much for having me. Appreciate it, brother. All right. Y'all be good. That is World Series champion, National League MVP, three-time All-Star, outstanding media presence, mm-hmm. and star of The Office, Ryan Howard. I got to check it out. Joining us I, here. I've never seen it. I've never seen The Office. Never seen. I've never seen one episode. It is. I feel like I'm left out. A big I actually just game. watched Game of Thrones for the first time Very last good, year. Very good, right? Yeah. That was really good. Now. Sunday, Carrie, it starts again, by the way. Oh, yeah, I saw that. That starts again yeah. on Sunday. I'm not yeah. interested. I don't need to see it again. Listen, <laughs> Carrie, I love you. You're amazing. This is a hole in your game that you have not it, seen it, the I, office. I'm, I'm, I got to take care of it. Yes, you do. I have to. Homework on deck for <laughs> Carrie Davis. Coming up next is your Killing Me Smalls. Keep it here on Character and Smallman. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What's totally killing Smalls right now? You're killing me, Smalls. You're killing me, Smalls, with Michelle Smallman on 101 ESPN. Brought to you by Mobile on the Run. On the Run is your summertime snack and sip store. champion Carrie Davis, Matt Rocchio, Michelle Smallman hanging out with you this morning on Carriker and Smallman. Randy Carriker taking a well-deserved vacation. But now it's time for... You're killing me, Smalls! So I came in this morning and I told the guys, guys, it's going to be a rough one for your girl. Because after the Cardinals game last night, I stayed up and watched the two-parter, the Manti Teo documentary on Netflix, which had just dropped. But I was dying to see it. And... I started it and I thought maybe I'll watch 20, 30 minutes and then I'll, I'll go to bed. No, I got sucked in and I watched the entirety of both of the episodes. But it's called Untold and it's called it's about Lene Kakua, Manti Teo's fake girlfriend that didn't exist. And it is so well done, Carrie. But I, I want to go back to that time because... We didn't really, as a collective, as a society, know what catfishing was at that nah, time. Not really. And it's pre-TV show, I believe. Yes, before the TV I show believe came so. Out. I believe the so. First episode of the TV show uh, debuted February of 2012. There so you go. around the same time. Yeah. Right around the same time. Yeah. So I just remember when Manti Teo became part of our consciousness as a sports community because it was at the time when Notre Dame had been down and they were making this big resurgence. His senior year, they go on that undefeated season. He's in the conversation for the Heisman Trophy. They're going to the national championship game. And you have this player who's playing out of his mind, Mm -hmm. also coupled with one of the most unbelievable stories you've ever heard that on the same day, his grandmother passes away and his girlfriend tragically dies. And somehow this player is not only playing through this emotional pain, he's thriving. And we as a country became obsessed with him, obsessed with the story. 
And then we find out that it's not true, that the girlfriend does not exist. And I just remember at the time, Carrie, how vicious we all were to Manti Teo, how we could not believe that he wasn't complicit in this or that he wasn't trying to cover something up. We didn't we didn't understand that he could have genuinely been taken advantage of in this way. And the documentary does a really good job of highlighting just how how much he didn't know in all of this. I, I think you I think people forget that when you speak of Manti Taylor, he was a Heisman finalist. Like he was one of the elite of the elite in in college football at the time. And for him to, as you said, his grandmother passes away. It was after was it after a USC game where he was on the field speaking? I, I don't remember what game it was, but he was on the field speaking about the deaths in his family and and his girlfriend. And you felt a a real kind of agony and pain for this young man who was playing at such an elite level despite going through all of these things in his family and in his personal life and then to find out that wow it wasn't real and 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 as you said you thought he was complicit in it you yeah. thought he was the one selling the story and making it up to make people feel bad but as you said in the documentary you learn that that he finds out right as 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 the article is coming out he, it, it's all coming together for him as the rest of the country and the world is finding out and and as a young man to to have to go through that emotional roller coaster and try to put life together at 20 I mean at 21 22 I, I I'm still trying to figure some things out in of life course. at 41 and and to be that young and have to go through all of those things it makes you feel bad for him because it's it's and and us as a society, that's who we are. We are. We you gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Build you up to tear you tear down. you right down. Yeah. I knew it wasn't that good. He got a fake girlfriend. His girl, <laughs> like, and so you you do all of these things. And to to his credit, to be able to manage and maneuver and still have a, a successful NFL career despite all of the things that took place. I think it, it speaks highly of who he is as a, as a man and what he was able to go through. And and it speaks kind of poorly to who we are as a society. Big time. To, to pick and, and poke and prod at people that may be going through real life things and, and you know, finding out in real time as we are. So, I don't feel like any of this is a spoiler alert because we all know the details of the story, but I highly recommend that you watch it just because it's very eye-opening. But... I think at the time, I am a very naive person, and I certainly was in college, but even I was like, how could you be taken advantage of in this way? How could you have never met this person? But it goes on to show you that he came from this very small community in Hawaii, and he was a very disciplined person that only cared about faith, family, and football. And then he has this culture shock of moving from Hawaii to South Bend, Indiana, where there's nobody like him, and he's dealing with the cold, and he's generally unhappy. And then this girl from Hawaii, air quotes this girl because we know she's Lene Kakua is fake right. Facebook friends him and starts communicating with him and she's from the same culture and the same religion and understands football and he wanted to meet up with her but you have to understand he was in Indiana and she was in California so it became this long distance relationship and she kind of provided him the support and the familiarity that he needed at mm-hmm. that time and it just spiraled into this big thing and I just really felt for him because I think about this young person who is, as you mentioned, trying to navigate their life and navigate this new situation and just so happens to be really good at football and is in the the public eye. And all of this goes down and then you go from everyone loving you and celebrating you to you being mocked on Saturday Night Live. There's all these memes about you. Remember there was a viral trend called Manti Teoing where people would pretend to have their girlfriends. And 
not to mention because of all of this, he was a no doubt first round pick mm-hmm. that slipped into the second. He lost millions of dollars. Yeah. yeah. And he it, it goes on to describe the anxiety that he dealt with after this, the depression that he mm-hmm. dealt with after this. And I just think everybody can learn a lesson from that to maybe not so be be so quick to judge somebody or to at least try to understand where someone else might be coming from. Well, I think the the overall lesson in life is treat people with respect. Yes. Yeah, I went to the great University of Illinois and I learned a lesson there is you 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 never know who you're sitting next to, you never know who's listening. You know, treat everyone with respect and and good things tend to happen. That, that you can only get those lessons at the University of Illinois. That's Fighting right. Illini. That's right. If, and especially if you're a great athlete, there you, you can go. only get those <laughs> lessons there. Uh, but yeah, treat people with respect, man. And 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 him, his situation, like I said, the 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 mental fortitude to continue to go forward. Yes. You know, as you said, you go in the second round as opposed to a first round because he he was one of the elite linebackers. But you probably have coaches and and organizations questioning his integrity is he telling you the truth is he yeah. is he involved is he part of this was this a grand scheme to make people feel sorry for him and and, and the sad part is we see that we see people who post things that are not real yes for, all the time. for, for comfort for for people outside to feel bad for him you see people posting gofundmes for situations that are not even real real situations and people have have great hearts and then all of a sudden it's a scam. So, you know, I, I understand on one hand how people could feel that way. But, you know, once you find out it wasn't true, give them a break. And here we are 10 years later, 11 years. Yeah. Still yeah. talking about it. That's right. And, you know, and got I, a documentary out of it. You got, I'm sure you got a little. I hope got, so. Got a coin or two. I don't want to give away too much. But the, the person at the time, Renaya Tuyasaposo, that was behind all of this. I'm, I'm watching this and I'm thinking if I cared about Manti Teo at all and, and loved him on a personal level, I would hate this guy because yeah. he acted alone. Yeah. He did all of this by himself. And you'll find out why when you watch the documentary, because, again, I want to keep some things for people who want to watch it. But I just can't imagine that one person, because of their selfish desire for attention, could do so much harm to so many people. And there's always consequences to your actions. But it's called Untold. It's on Netflix. And you should watch it. That's Super Bowl champion Carrie Davis. I'm Michelle Smallman. Coming up next, we're going to talk to another champion, World Series champion Adam Wainwright joins us. It's Wednesdays with Wayno on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. I'm Michelle Smallman. Randy Carriker is off this week, but we have Super Bowl champion Carrie Davis sitting in this this morning with us. And we are awaiting a call from Adam Wainwright, who's going to join us shortly for Wednesdays with Wayno. And Carrie, one of the things that I wanted to ask Adam was about something he did on Monday. So we know that Big League Impact, Adam's charitable foundation, does great things, not only worldwide, but here in the St. Louis community. And Adam is a co-owner of Great Meat and Three, which is in South City. And on Monday, Adam was behind the counter and he was taking orders and he was Mm. helping serve people. So have you ever been in the restaurant industry? Have you ever been a waiter or or a host or a chef, anything like that? I have not. I have have worked at a homeless shelter, though, where where I did serve people. So there's that, but never, never in a restaurant industry. Well, Adam Wainwright is joining us right now on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line for Wednesdays with Wayno alongside Super Bowl champion Carrie Davis. I'm Michelle Smallman. Good morning, Adam. How you doing? 
I'm doing great, guys. How are y'all? We are doing well. Thanks for joining us. And Adam, I was just talking about what you did on Monday at Great Meet, Grace Meet and Three, how you were behind the counter serving people. And I, I need to know, give me a scouting report of Adam Wainwright as a server. How'd you do? Well, I tried to stay out of the way because the staff there is a thing. And, uh, you know how people run the registers. If you're not real keen on how to do that, you can really clog the line. So I tried to I tried to meet and greet people really well and, and, you know, get my picture with them and be cordial, but also, you know, let the guys doing the business do the business. Yeah, I'm sure it slowed things down a lot when people came in and saw your face, how how excited they were to 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 come take a picture or get an autograph from you. I'm sure that experience always is uh is fun for you. It is, it is. I, you know, I've waited my whole life for people to think I'm cool. You know, with, with <laughs> playing baseball, I still can't believe I have a baseball card. I still can't believe I have a bobblehead. You know, all that stuff is. Every time I see that. Uh, I try to I try to enjoy that, you know, and don't let that I don't try try not to get too jaded about that kind of stuff, you know. Having your own baseball card and being a a big league baseball player is so special and so awesome. And I read something yesterday that uh, I thought was a great deal, and uh, the the quote was, uh, "Sometimes I think that all my dreams have come true." but I didn't take time to enjoy the dream. Mm. And uh, I, that is exactly what I'm just trying to do the opposite of right now because I, in, in a lot of ways I do feel like I, all my dreams have come true. I've never, been, I've never wanted to do anything except be a Major League Baseball player since I was three years old, and, and I'm getting to live that out. So what a blessing. That's so cool, Adam, and such great perspective. So I want to talk to you about the win last night. I want to talk to you about your outing uh, over the weekend. But let's go back to Sunday night. Albert Pujols hits not one, but two home runs in that game. And I I want you to take us behind the curtain and tell us what it was like from your vantage point to watch Albert hit that second home run. Well, right now with with what's going on you know we're we're in first place we we're playing good teams we we have uh our crowd every night showing up it has been absolutely amazing playoff style you know i think that a lot of these people are 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 just rabid fans anyways but everybody wants to come see albert and and yachty in their last in their last ride i mean it's uh it's a special time and and um sitting next to Steven Matz when he hit that second one. And after we got, you know, back to our seats, after we went crazy just like everyone else, Steven looked at me, and Steven's been in the game for a while. Steven looked at me and said, I think that's the, my favorite home run I've ever seen. Wow. Uh, you know, it's just fun to see Albert in this situation thriving like he is, hitting balls farther than he's ever hit them, and, and uh, maybe not as far as he's ever hit them, but he's still hitting them pretty far. Mm. Um, but you know, in a, in a situation where he's back, he's back home, but this last month he's been the best player in baseball at the plate. He's got the highest OPS with anybody in the entire big leagues the last 30 days. And I think that's just really, it's really special and we're getting to see it. Adam, I, I, let's shift gears a little bit to the pitching. And, uh, you had a great start, your last start and, and did a great job. Um, then, then, Michael has followed that up the following night. Quintana had a good start last night. What are you guys? Is there is there a a, a competition and a friendly competition of of you know going out and performing well for the team, but making sure that you all hold up your end of the bargain? 
Well, Miles and I have a couple of bets out there, just friendly <laughs> among, among each other, or just uh, you know, most innings, low CRA, most strikeouts, those types of things. Um, but as a staff, you know, when you have five guys going out there doing work every day, and and you're the next guy, you feed off that. You know, the next guy feeds off of what you do, and then. That's how you really get the ball rolling real, real downhill, man. That you can, you can really do some cool things as a staff when everybody's going out there feeding off each other. And we've got a, we've got a good uh, amount of momentum going right now. We've played some really good baseball as of late. We've played good baseball against good teams too. You know, we 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 swept the Cubs, we swept the Yankees. We we did lose one out. Of, two out of three to the Rockies, but then we came back and, and won two out of three against the Brewers. We won last night against the Rockies again. And it's hard. I'll tell you, it's hard to win in Colorado. Those, that's a real advantage for them playing in that unique uh, air and atmosphere there. It's, it's, if you, if you could play 10 games, you would figure out a good way to beat them, but going in there playing a short series against them can sometimes be really tough. Adam, I, w- I want to go back again to your last start. You you went nine, you had the no-hitter going, and after the game you said that you really wanted to throw a no-hitter and that from the first inning on you thought that that night was going to be the night. What is it about your start or, or the feel of how you're pitching that lets you think tonight's going to be the night I'm going to throw a no-hitter? Well, it's something you can't fake. You know, it's you can't just go out there with, with sloppy curveball or fastball command and go, I think I'm going to throw a no hitter tonight. You know, you have to, you have to believe that. And and the way the ball was coming out of my hand uh, in the at bat, Christian Yelich leading off the game. As soon as I got him out, I went, I'm throwing a no hitter tonight. I just, <laughs> I had that, you know, I had that feeling. I knew the ball was coming off nice. I knew my curveball was spinning good. Cutter was spinning good. Uh, I knew I had somewhat fixed my two-seam fastball between the, the, the last two games. And so um, I was just, you know, I just felt it. I felt like I was going to do it. And the yeah, bat to McCutcheon that, that, that it got, got broken up in the in the seventh there, I, I, I stood behind the mound. I said, if I get Andrew McCutcheon out right here, I am throwing a no-hitter. Like, <laughs> this is really you know. And just, he's, he's, he's been one of the guys that has battled me the most over our careers. He's, he's got a few hits off me and got good numbers. Um, so I, I felt like that was the key. And I think that might've been the problem is I, I wanted it so bad in that moment that I tried to, I tried to like maybe do a little too much and I overcooked it and threw it down the middle and he hit a base hit. Adam, when you're, when you're pitching that well and, and going back to the dugout in between innings, does it get a little weird when, when guys stay away from you or not talking to you or communicating with you? <laughs> not at all. I don't want him to talk to <laughs> But when I'm starting, I want everybody out of there. You know, get away from me. Don't get out of my space. Mm. I, I get real ornery, uh, <laughs> and I like a prickly thorn on days I'm pitching. But on on most days, you know, I'm, I'm a hugger. You know, I need to. I like to have that 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 relational kind of conversation stuff going on. But on days I'm pitching, you know, one of my biggest pet peeves is when I'm in my spot and somebody comes and puts their helmet down in my spot or, you know, all that it comes and sit down in my spot. I'm like, are you kidding me? This is my spot. You know? It doesn't come out like that, but that's what I'm thinking. And I yeah. give them a look like better get out of here right now, you know, and that's, but that's, that's what gives me the edge to pitch. And, uh, 
and I think my teammates understand that, you know, and they they know I'm not trying to be a prick about anything. They just know that that's my day, and I'm different on days I pitch. And a lot, most most starting pitchers are, and it's important. I'll tell you why. Starting pitchers are the only one on the field that can lose the game in five seconds. Mm. You know, the game can be over if the go the guy goes out there not prepared, not focused, not ready to pitch, and, and takes a couple of of the bats off or, or just doesn't focus like he needs to, the game could be four or five nothing in the first inning and the game's over. But what's that like for you, Adam, after you have an outing like you did on Saturday and and you end up losing the game in extras? It's a, it's a tough loss. And all of us in the media, Cardinals fans, the next day were like, oh, you can't waste to start like that from Adam Wainwright. What's your mentality after a game like that? Do you feel like a, a great start from yourself was wasted or do you look at it as I did my job and I put my team in a position to win? Well, a couple different ways. I, I know that I should have thrown zeros. I I, I had uh, the stuff to to go shut out there. I I made I made a mistake to McCutcheon, and I made a mistake to uh, to Urias, who hit the home run. But other than that, I was pretty sharp. You know, I was pretty sharp. And uh, the the mistake to 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 Urias, it it wasn't necessarily a horrible location. It was on the outer third of the plate, first pitch of the at-bat. That's kind of where I'm trying to throw it, but I threw it too high. I threw it thigh high, and I wanted to throw it knee high. If I throw it knee high on the outer third, he pops up to right exactly like I was trying to make happen. That was exactly what I visualized when I when I chose that pitch before I threw it. I, I really thought he was going to hit a pop-up to right. And, that, and if he did that, I just got it too high. He just was able to get too much barrel to it. Um, but... So when I look back at that game, I know that I should have thrown a shutout. I should have gone uh, zeros there. I was pitching against one of the best, if not the best, pitcher in the National League, Corbin Burns. Um, I had a great opportunity to, to put the team on my back for that day. Or Helsley just pitched two innings the night before. I, in my mind, I was going to be the closer that day. And so I did, I did not do that, so I was disappointed. But upon reflection, you can't, you can't be – you know, totally depressed about the game. As I went home and kind of went back over things, I said, you know, but at the end of the day, I pitched nine innings and I gave up one run. Mm-hmm. We should win that game. Mm-hmm. You know, we should win that game, even even if it is against Burns, because, uh, you know, even a, a guy like Burns, and Mad Dog does a good job of reminding us this all the time, he's got a 2-5 ERA, which means he averages giving up 2.5 runs per game, you know, per nine innings. And so, you know, we, sh- we should have won. We should have won that game. But he pitched an excellent game. And sometimes when you run into ace pitchers who are who are on, man, that can be real tough to score, you know. And so uh, Mad-, Mad Dog always reminds us, though, you know, when-, when Bob Gibson had his best year ever, the greatest year ever for a starting pitcher, he had a 1-1-2 ERA. 1.12 ERA. It's remarkable to think about. Yeah. But that means he gave up runs at the end of the day also sometimes. Mm. And he was and he was like 22 and 9. Gosh. <laughs> he had to look at his team like, are y'all kidding me? <laughs> totally. <You know? laughs> and Adam, I wouldn't want to be somebody that has to go up to Bob Gibson in the clubhouse and say, my bad. Sorry, we didn't get it done for you. <laughs> oh, you know, and Bob's so funny. I, I've been seeing him around, but he, he he said, uh, he goes, you know, I used to tell him, 
y'all are so bad at hitting. Why don't y'all just go on and I, get on and I'll drive you in? You know, like it's just, uh, <laughs> just uh, he had a, you know, he was serious because he could really hit back in the day too. Mm. Adam Wainwright joining us here on 101 ESPN. And Adam, of course, we have to ask you about last night and the unusual way that your team won the game. Tyler O'Neill getting hit by a pitch with the bases loaded and quite literally walking off the, the game. But, you know, when I look back to your team last year and you went on that historic winning streak, it just felt like this is a winning team that finds ways to win. Good teams find a way to win. And I thought last night was an example of you guys have the lead, they even things up, and then you just find a way to win. First of all, how unusual was it for you to see a game end like that? And then do you also get the sense that your team is is capable of just finding ways to win? Well, good teams find ways to win and bad teams find ways to lose. I mean, that's just the way it is. And, uh, you know, as, as, uh, as a member of the Cardinals over the, this amount of years, I, I've seen us more times than not find ways to win. We had a couple of years, 16, 17, and 18, I feel like where we had a team where we should have been in the playoffs and we found ways to lose. Uh, now we are, are back out there finding ways to win again, and that's a great feeling, and especially when you've got it. When you got the mojo and you're kind of you got to roll it a little bit as a team and as a unit, uh, it feels like you're going to win the game no matter what the score is, and that is a dangerous place to be for a team. And and uh, you can roll in against anybody and 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 win games when you think mentally and mental mental strength is is just so important. But when mentally you believe you can win any game no matter what the score or who's pitching, man, you can. You know, and and uh, if you go into a game and and you don't think you can, then you're right about that, too. You can't. So yeah. We've been playing good ball, and we've been finding ways to win the game. games. We're just going to keep trying to do that. Yeah, I was telling Michelle the same thing. When you're winning, when you're a winning team, it, it feels like everything falls into place. And when you're a losing team, the breaks that you got or were accustomed to getting it, it just does not pan out that way. And the seasons feel a lot longer when you're, when you're not winning as many games. Do you feel that way also? Yeah, you know, I've pretty much always been a part of a winning team here. I mean, that's we, a, that's a good, that is an awesome story. We went to Illinois. I yeah. can't speak to that. No, no, Adam, we don't have that same vibe. It's a good problem to have. It is, you know, I, but you know, we'll play a team every now and then it'll be like 30 or 40 games below 500. And I'll look at guys and go, man, that's gotta be miserable. Like I'm so fortunate <laughs> to be a part of Cardinals team. It's, it's going into spring training and going to the season and at the end of the year usually has a chance to win a World Series. And that's that's a unique situation, but I'm, I'm certainly glad to be a part of it. Wednesdays with Wayno means another donation to Big League Impact from our friends over at Chick-fil-A. Just stop by on Wednesdays between 2 p.m. and 4 p.m. You can get a refreshing Sunjoy drink and a portion of the sales goes towards Adam's work and the mission of Big League Impact. And Adam, your team might be finding ways to win games, but are you going to be able to find a way to win in fantasy football this year? I know it's around the corner, the draft, Friday, August 26th. Tell us what's going on with your fantasy football prep and Big League Impact. What a question! Am I going to find a way to win? Come on, Michelle. <laughs> I don't know, Adam. You didn't. You didn't get it done last year. Well, not in that league. I didn't. <laughs> we did our we did our, our our draft order yesterday in the clubhouse for our clubhouse league too. So it's it's getting that time. It's my favorite time of year, almost where you know you got you got football starting college and NFL. You got. Uh, September, October baseball coming up around the corner, playoff baseball. It just doesn't get better than that for me. Those are my two of my favorite things in the world is, is uh, watching football and playing 
and playing playoff baseball. So um, it's almost that time of year. It's time to prep. We're, we're starting to do some mock drafts. We're starting to really hone in on our draft positions. And with our, with our big league impact um, season right around the corner, too, we got six leagues right now, as it is, uh, of people sh- go, that are going to show up to Bush Stadium, and and we're going to, you know, have catch on the field. We're going to play some catch on the field. We're gonna, I'm going to have a coach out there hitting some some fungos for us, fly balls and ground balls, and and uh, we're just going to have a blast at the stadium. And then we're going to play a daily fantasy league all year long, where you're setting the league, you're setting the lineup every weekend, and and that's a good way to to play with with that many people. Um, but you got to stay focused. You got to stay prepared and and stay in on the matchups and who's who's hot and who's who's quarterbacks not, you know. And and uh, we're gonna have a great time. But I'm definitely gonna win. <laughs> well, people should sign up, even though Adam thinks he, that he's gonna win. BigLeagueImpact.org is where you can find all that information. Great stuff as always, Adam. Thanks for the time, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, see you, Michelle. See you, Kerry. See you. That is Adam Wainwright joining us for Wednesdays with Wayno here on 101 ESPN. It's a summer of giving school supply drive and ticket blasts this Saturday with Alex Ferrario at Lufu's Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. It's located at 3480 State Highway K in O'Fallon, Missouri. Stop by, drop up a school supply, supply donation, and you could get registered to win. One grand prize winner this Saturday is going to receive an all-inclusive three-night stay at Dreams Jade Resort and Spa in Riviera Cancun. That's courtesy of Travel House. Plus, Alex is going to be giving away a pair of tickets every 15 minutes for a Blues home game in the 2022-2023 season. It's this Saturday with Alex Ferrario and Lou Fuse. You can get details at 101ESPN.com. What a fun show today. We talked to Ryan Howard. We talked to Adam Wainwright. We talked a little racing with Chuck Wallace and Chris Blair. We talked a little Manti Tail. We had so much fun. Kerry Davis, Super Bowl champion. Thank you for hanging out for the past couple days. It was awesome to spend some time with you, my friend. Thank you for having me in. I've had a great time. It's been solid. Always fun. We it always is. have a good time. We love Carrie. And great work as always from Matt Rocchio. Thank you so much. Pleasure. And I'm Michelle Smallman. Randy Carricker is out for the remainder of the week. We have Brooke Grimsley who's going to be hanging out with us tomorrow. But coming up next, it's the Balloon Party with Tim McKernan and Action Jackson. So keep it here on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Carricker and Smallman podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.